G'day Cobbers. Hey Cobbers. I think I should say more Harold, Harold partner. I can't, I, I can't do it. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're here today. This is a new, hopefully recurring uh, uh, guest appearance. Guest appearance on the podcast. Guest appearance, right? Uh, Dylan, welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, resident uh, sport expert from uh, across the uh, whatever the fuck the ocean is between <laughs> Australia and Bass Strait. Yeah, Bass yeah, Strait. Across Bass Strait from uh, the, the southerly island. I was going to say America, but like... Well, look, I'm the American sport expert from the most southern part of Australia. Let's go with that. Is it even part of Australia at this point? I mean, I didn't have to get a passport, so... I don't know. Hey, it's why I left, right? I <laughs> see. <laughs> so if you don't need a passport to get from from Tasmania to Australia, you're doing something right. Yeah, there we go. So. And, and, like, I'm seeing your hands. I'm seeing your... Like, it looks like you got you got all your limbs. you got no scar on your neck. Yeah, I've got normal body parts. See, I was a reject. I wasn't Tasmanian enough. That's why they got rid of me. Yeah, they did yourself a favour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here now. That's all that matters. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk today about the uh, good old Yank Sports. Yank Sports. Yank Sports. I like that. Yank that's all you think. Like, if you're thinking something else, American, not... Yeah. Yeah. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good time to be an American sports fan at the moment. Oh, for the uh, leagues uh, yeah. started or about to start or, ju- or just just finished? Yeah. Just finished. Yeah. Oh, baseball. Got Red Sox. What a oh, what a year! What a year for the Red Sox, eh? Mate, not only do you beat the Yankees, which is always good. Not only do you break your franchise wins record. Not only do you beat another hundred win team in playoffs, but then you win the World Series in five games. Five five game. games. See, that, that's something that I get my American spot. Like, imagine they played the AFL Grand Final. Yes, a series. As a best of seven. Or cricket. Like, that's a bad I mean, example. They do. They do. They do. <laughs> they do. Like, I do get it. But it's interesting that they choose seven as, like, the deciding sort of. Yeah. Excuse me. As a deciding sort of number to decide it on. It's weird. I mean, like, because, you know, the NFL, it's you're losing your out once you see the playoffs. Yeah. It's the same like that in the AFL. So, I mean, it's just a football thing. Football's just like, you know, the only football league on earth that plays more than one league is, like, soccer. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, you get two legs in, in football, football, and one leg in everything else, and then anything you play with a bat, you play with more than one series. And basketball. I know what basketball Yeah, and basketball is. and hockey. Yeah, true. Yeah. Hockey. I don't know a lot about hockey, actually. I know that um, everything I know from the movie Hockey, I mean, the movie. I, I, <laughs> everything I know from Hockey comes from the movies, uh, The Mighty Ducks and Goon, the one with Sean William oh, yeah. Scott. Scott. Did they make a sequel to that? Yeah, they did. I've yeah. seen it. It's actually Goon really two. good. All right. Last of the, yeah. First recommendation there, lads. Goon 2. Like, if you want to get real in depth, Watch Goon 2 with two goon sacks. <laughs> One in each hand, right? Eh? You'll enjoy it probably more. Like, you'll be like, I'm drinking goon, watching goon. Like, but surely an Australian filmmaker would be pissed because yeah. they took that title away from them. Yeah. Surely an Australian filmmaker would make like a comedy called goon. 
just about like some guy that just gets ratchet on green every week. I mean, considering they made a comedy about like a tire and called it rubber, I think you know. Yeah. There's scope there, so yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty pissed they off. They made like, a they made an animated movie about a pudding with legs <laughs> called it the magic pudding. <laughs> magic pudding. <laughs> it's like a fucked up kids book if there ever was one. Oh man, Australia's fucked up. Yeah. So that's why we're talking Yanks sports. So. Yeah, that's why we're talking Yanks sports. Like, we want we want to get out of this country for a minute. The AFL's over, the NRL's over, the A League has started, but like. Is it worth talking about at this point? I mean, Usain Bolt is the biggest headline in the A-League, which says a lot about the quality of the players in the A-League, To I be think. fair, I did go on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I did very much enjoy it, but... You and 25 fans from Perth, apparently. Yeah, 25... 25 there was, there was, out of the 17,169 fans were there, about 25 <laughs> fans from Perth there. One of them was in a KISS costume, and boy, were they loud. You could hear them. Well, to be fair, I was about maybe 50 minutes from him. Maybe that's why I could hear him. But still, like, cover the whole stadium. Imagine people. that flight home. Fuck. Imagine me and the bloody flight attendants being the pilot. You'd have them drinking, running around the aisles. I don't know. I would bloody do that. If I went over to Perth, I saw Tim, I like bloody win. <laughs> to deal with, like, some new distant kiss uniform. Yeah. <laughs> And the, like, well, you got you got the cricket. Like, the cricket's in True. a weird situation. I think we might start with this. The uh, cricket Let's report. All right. The, the cricket report that came out yesterday, that the Cricket Australia released. Yeah. They've sucked their CEO. I think they're just pointing fingers. Yeah, I mean, the CEO, I think, is the wrong place. you got to point the finger at the selectors, right? They're the ones that are picking the teams that are consistently fucking losing. And they're the ones that are consistently sort of having the bad, like, quote-unquote bad attitude. So what they want to win? Yeah. Like... They're saying um, the players' union have all said that they want the three, they want Smith, Warner, and Bancroft to be reinstated. Yeah. I don't know whether I go with that. Maybe Bancroft, because the whole time I've been saying Bancroft is the point. Yeah. He, he, was, was, he did it because his captain told him to do it. Which he's the newest remember, guy in the team. Yeah, that's what you do when you play cricket, right? Your captain tells you to go field in a position you don't want to do. You just shut up and go and do it. Yeah. If he tells you to fuck with the ball, you fuck with the ball. Like, that's what I mean. But, like, it's really bad that they chose Bancroft to do it because he's the newest player on the team. Imagine if Bancroft was like, I don't want to do that. Smith and Warner could be like, well, yeah. oh, Bancroft doesn't want to be... <laughs> Drive onto the gutter. That's all right. Yeah. But we're at the uh, Shaw Davy slum. The... Place for first, so Dolly Beer's gone down nicely, and we're seeing some uh, top out. segments of society. They're out let's, about. They're, let's just put it at that. <laughs> like, if Dave Warner was here, he probably would have uh, sulked and gone back to the pavilion he at this point. Definitely would have walked off by now. Um, look, I mean, the problem that I have with Australian sports in general, I think, is that so many people are, you know, they're these kids look up to them, you know, we all idolise them. And then they don't face any sort of consequence for what they actually do. You know, and it's like, sure, it's fine to ask to us, like, we want our two best batsmen back in the team. But I don't think they've paid... I don't think they've been punished, like, fairly enough for what they've actually done. I think the only guy that's been punished fairly is Bancroft. He may have been the one that played with the ball, but he was the newest guy on the team. The only one I I think should come back is Bancroft right now. Yeah. They should have to just force it, like, deal with their suspension, like... That's the problem. Is like we're we're such fair weather fans. We can't handle that we're losing. And yeah. it's just like the reason we're losing is because you guys dicked around and did something you shouldn't have. And now we just but have the to team deal with it. wasn't like the team wasn't that good. Even with like 
No, they're I mean, not the Smith, best team in the world anymore. No, and Smith was at the time the best Test batsman in the world, and we still weren't winning games. So Warner, like I've never like apart from maybe when I was like 14, 15, and <laughs> Dave Warner was like the big hitting guy. Yeah. Since then, like I haven't been a big fan with him. He he is like the modern day Michael Slater. In a lot of ways, he's like he's uh, all or nothing. Yeah. He either makes about thirteen runs or he makes out, like yeah, seventy to hundred, or he'll just blow through. Which I about think, 20 like, balls. Yeah. which is good when you have a good test opener with him, but yeah. they don't have that. No, I think he's on the wrong side of thirty at this point. Like cricketers can play forever, but I think that it's time. Excuse me, that the time that they think of moving on from him. Yeah, I think they need to look at like alternative options. Like when you think about like it wasn't that long ago that you know Usman Khawaja was the new guy in the team and he's now in his mid-30s as well. Like like the problem with the Australian cricket and this has been the problem ever since probably when would you say was the end of the golden era of Australian cricket? I would say the 06-07 Ashes when you had Langer, McGrath and Warren all retired the same summer. It was all when as soon all as they retired, legends left the game. Yeah. Since then, they the team's been in a state of flux. Yeah. They've been really good for certain periods, but I think they've selected people too late. Yeah. Like Mike Hussey, when was his debut? When he was like twenty eight. Yeah. There you but go. See, he made the most. Like, to me, he was a different because he came up in that golden era. Yeah. You really probably couldn't take anyone out of that team to put him in, but you got guys now like. Like bloody um, I like Aaron Finch, but Aaron Finch is like thirty. Yeah. I feel like they should try someone like Renshaw. Yeah, I mean they're talking about or, bringing Cameron White back, and he's thirty-seven that's now. Like, 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 that's like, see, there's a guy that's like he's eighteen, he's coming up through the ranks. They call him the next game warrior, Lord Pope. Yeah. What they about, need to put him in the team yeah. as soon as possible. I reckon this summer is a wash. Yeah. He's they should experiment, play. right? That's what I mean. Yeah. Even if they don't play him, put him in the squad. Have him around the, have him around the team. Yeah, get him dealing with those good coaches. Get your there's no, there's right, no like. point in playing guys that you think that are going to perform now but won't be in the team in one or two years yeah. just because you want to win. India is a bad team. Then. South Africa is a bad team. Then. Sri Lanka most likely will probably beat us in the one-day series yeah. or T20 or whatever the, whatever the hell they're playing. Like, this is a goal. I think people need to suck up this summer yeah. the fact that the Australian team they may win a couple I think because modern day test cricket home field is such a massive advantage yeah with pitch types being what they are I have to agree 100% but they should play like that's what I mean Tim Payne's a test captain yeah. I think Alex Carey should be given a shot in Look, the test team don't get me wrong I, he's I got the a, keeper of the future I got a soft spot for Tim Payne like you know being a you know, Tassie boy mm. I got a real soft spot for Tim Payne I do not think he should be in the test squad as a that's batsman I mean, if or I told a wicketkeeper or a captain if I told you two years ago that yeah. Tim Payne is a test captain yeah. you would have you would have bloody looked at me like I was the biggest idiot on the planet yeah like put him in the one day squad I think that's a good. I think that's yeah. a fair call, but I don't think Tim Payne is an excellent Test player, and that, yeah, that takes See, a lot for me to say. Uh, like that's what I mean. Like, like don't get me like he's. But to be fair, he at least deserves a spot over like say the Marsh Brothers. Don't get oh, me started God. on the Marsh Brothers. Why are they in the team? That's a really good. This question. is the question I've been asking for almost. I feel like almost ten years at this point. Yeah. Sean Marsh was good once upon a time. But that's nearly 10 years ago now. His brother, oh, like... I mean, we're talking about... You remember 
when the last time we played in England for the Ashes, and this kid goes on debut, fucking Ashton Agar, goes out, makes how many runs? 98? 99, like not that. out. Yeah. 98, 99, not out. There you go. And I have not seen him get a consistent run in the team since. See, he is a good since. all-rounder. That's what I mean. They picked him as a spinner. He's not the best spinner in the world. See, he got picked for the uh, one-day series against South Africa that starts... I think either this week or next week. Yeah, but he's only in the squad. They haven't named the starting eleven. That's, yet. A, that's what I mean. Like that's my issue. Like give him a consistent starting role over Mitchell Marsh, and you will see results. The kid's still only what in his early twenties. Here's another question: Why do you need an all rounder in the team if there's not someone suitable for that role? Why do you need an all rounder? Yeah, if you've got four specialist bowlers, ideally, you only need what. Because they can all bowl 10 overs each. You only yeah. need to find 10 overs from the See, other six players fair, that can bowl. We've been spoiled as cricket fans, like Australians, yeah. in that golden era. Gilchrist was basically the team's all-rounder. Yeah. He, was, he, he wasn't a specialist keeper. This, this may be very, very controversial. Gilchrist was a shit keeper. Mm. He was such a shit keeper. He's got the, he had the world record for catches, but that was due to like... Yeah, but he was also, I think, the tallest keeper ever to play for Australia at that yeah, point as well. Like, you got to say he's a shit, that. It, like, when I say he's a shit keeper, I don't mean like... Compared to like Haddon, like Seckham at the time, Barry, yeah. he was not the best keeper. Nowhere near, but he was so good as a batsman that he allowed great flexibility. That led... That was the reason why they could play three fast bowlers, two spinners, or four fast bowlers and warning. Yeah. Like... Payne and Wade don't allow that flexibility. No, because Wade's neither an excellent keeper nor an excellent batsman. And I wouldn't say Payne is. Payne's probably an excellent keeper. He's Payne not an excellent. Was a, Payne was a like probably one of the best keepers in the world maybe five years ago. But maybe now, he wasn't even the Test team then. No, exactly. Because Haddon. Yeah, that's the like, problem. Who was again at the time mid thirties? Yeah, but to go. be fair, to be fair to Brad Haddon. I feel like he made the most of his opportunity because he spent... Oh, he was also given a rough out. That's I mean. He spent a good 10 years behind at, behind Adam Gilchrist. Yeah. When he was a better keeper, but he was not nowhere near the batsman. No. Like, Gilchrist is one of my favourite players of all time. I'm not... Anyone that is going to construe my words saying I hate Adam Gilchrist. Yeah. One of the greatest players Australia's ever had. But in terms of wicket keeping... Yeah, take, he the, wasn't that take good. the batting away. Taking the batting away, he would not... But it's led to a change in cricket in general. Like... Look at like Kumar Sangakara, yep. shit keeper. Yep. Put him in the team as a keeper batsman. Yep. MS Dhoni even. Yep. He's not the best keeper. Like no, he's, keep, his keep, work near the stumps especially that's is mean. so poor. Keepers have become if you have it's a, a good, dying art. Yeah. Good but, keeping is a dying but art. But it also they've almost replaced it all rounders for some teams too. Yeah. Like that's why I think Australia really shouldn't always be like okay we need an all-rounder in this yeah, it's team like they've locked themselves into this like okay so we need you know we need our four bowls we need our all-rounder we need a keeper and the rest are all specialized batsmen and it's like well why not just play the best 11 and then figure out where they're going to play once you've like got that together exactly that's all you need and like you shouldn't have to rely on like you know contributions from your four bowlers or your wicketkeeper for that matter, to get 300 runs. See, you I shouldn't need to do I it. feel when, coming, when Cummins comes back in the squad, yeah. they should probably get, maybe give, I feel, it's kind of hard because Mitch Marsh was good last summer in Australia. Maybe give him a chance in the one day series. If he doesn't perform, yeah, look, that's I, when you're I in. I think you can put him in the one day team, but we're talking about test cricket, which is a completely different See, that's what I mean, like cricket. the bowling situation is not good. Like Peter Siddle mm. is getting a run. Like, out of nowhere, really. Like, like where's where's Moses Henriques? Right. Where, where's him? 
He's a good. He's probably, in my opinion, he's on the level of Mitch Marsh. Yep. I think he's better than him. Yeah. I think he's a better batsman than Mitch Marsh ever. What about, what about, what about Sean Abbott? Sean Abbott's considered an all-rounder. Yep. Why haven't they given him a shot? There's so many players. Like, and the thing is, like, you remember when Michael Clark came into the team? He yeah. was an all-rounder. Yeah, I remember the uh, 2004. He got yeah, what? How many wickets he get that first match? Like eight? Yeah, like yeah, seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, like he dog- took a bag, and it was the only reason he took a bag is because no one had seen him before. And then within three years, the most I saw him bowl was one over when they needed to swap ends. That's for what I mean. Like bowler. I'm going, I'm going back here. Yeah. I'm going back before my time, and my mum would talk about Steve War, and she said that Steve War would open the bowling for the Australian One Day team. Yeah. I've, like, I can barely remember Steve War bowl when I was a kid. I remember he would maybe, if the team was starting to really dig themselves in, he may come in for a couple of overs of his, uh, his uh, medium, medium pies. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, medium just outside off stump. <laughs> maybe one in six that's, deliveries. Like, that's what I mean. I feel like all-rounders don't, like, if you have someone that is really, really, like, like a brilliant all-rounder, for sure, put him in the team. Yeah, great. But you don't need to go find one and put him in the team just because you think you need you think one. think you need one, right? Like, and that's the thing is, like, most players, like, when you come up through youth cricket, you do both, right? Yeah. Like, I opened the bowling and the batting when I played cricket. It's just how it was. To your own honor. No, I'm just, like, I wasn't, like, I was the best player on the team that won no games. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't that hard. But, like, most kids don't become specialists because they have to. They become specialists because they're better at one or their team has enough bowlers or batsmen already so they just do the other one because they have to. Yeah. Like they get put down the order because they're not as good as the other ones and then so they focus on their bowling more because they feel they can make an impact. So, I guarantee you pretty much everyone in the Australian squad at this point or like, you know, the top 40 players in the country can all roll their arm over if they have to for five overs. That's what I mean. Look and at- go for 25. 25 or five overs in one day cricket is not bad anymore. That's, yeah. that's the terrible thing as well. It's like you can average five runs and over and be a decent bowler. See, we're talking about all-rounders, and I feel like we've forgotten this guy. This guy has produced at Sheffield Shield level, T20 level for Australia and his country, Glenn Maxwell. Glenn Maxwell. Why hasn't he been given a crack? To me, he has been, apart from like he's a consistent T20 performer, time and time again, yeah. I feel he has earned his... Cause when was the last time you heard Mitch Marsh making a big score on the Sheffield Shield? Oh, never. Like, a long, long time ago, anyway. But, like, he is a spinner, but he should at least have a chance as a batsman. Oh, yeah, but, like, the thing is, is that he's... And maybe this is what the team needs, is a little bit of, like, ingenuity. Glenn Maxwell is the most inventive batsman to come out of Australia in God knows yeah. how long. Like, and that's the problem. I think is that the selection board... And everyone involved with Australian cricket has now become what Lords has become, which is a bunch of 80-year-old dudes sitting around a table complaining about how cricket's not the way it used to be. Look, all things change. And if you don't get in front of that, we're going to get left behind. And that's they're what we're seeing looking now. For the nu- they're still looking for that nucleus of the classic Australian team. Yeah. That's past. Cricket has changed. Excellent. But Justin Ling is doing the right thing. He says that he is going to pick the team and he wants it to be consistent over all three forms of the game to me that is really in terms of modern cricket yep that's really good also in terms of t20 cricket australia compared to other countries in the world don't play as many international games no. i'm not a massive fan of t20 to me that's a bit of hit and giggle but you look at like it will help in terms of test cricket because yeah. you're because 
other countries are bringing T20 tactics into test cricket. Yeah, because if you can put up an insane amount of runs in 10 overs in a game that could essentially last, you know, indefinitely across the five days, mm. like, that is going to scare the shit out of a bowling attack. But... And that should be... You your... know what's sad about this, though? Yeah. Australia, the Australian test team in the late 90s, early 2000s were the first test team to really consistently score runs at, like, four runs, five runs and over. Yeah. They introduced that sort of next stage of test cricket, and then now teams are starting to evolve from that, and Australia's, been, us, Australia's yeah. been left behind. Yeah, which is... I can't handle what, where our aggression has gone, and I don't mean aggression isn't, like, yelling at the other players, but, like, the that scary fast bowler that every really good team had... Like you think about all the we really, have that. the really good Australian teams, and you know everyone like Mitchell Stark is a really good bowler, but no one was Same afraid. Same with Pat Cummings. No one was afraid of Glenn McGrath. They were afraid of Brett Lee. So they that's were afraid I mean. of what Glenn McGrath could do with the ball. They weren't afraid of getting hit by one of Glenn McGrath's balls because he topped out at one. See, that was the brilliance of that team. You would have Brett Lee down one end, Glenn McGrath down the other. Glenn McGrath would give you. Six balls, same line, Within same length. Within an inch of each other. Perfectly. Exactly. And then the next time you get Brett Lee, who's bowling 155 clicks, and the ball's going everywhere. But you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, going to rip your head off. And that was the thing. They get so unsettled at one end, getting, you know, balls whizzing past their ears at 160. You come down the other end, you wouldn't, you forget how to play, and you'd And then, then you sub off Brett Lee, then you got Gillespie, you got Bickle. Yeah. You got bloody. Like. Dare I say, Kasparovic, like. Oh, Kasper, what a player. Like. <laughs> That's what I mean, like, we were spoiled for such the longest time of easily the greatest test team Absolutely. of all time. Of all time. And Australians can't accept. I think you could take the best 11 players that weren't on that team from any era of any other team and they would be pretty evenly matched. And that includes, you know, Don Bradman, like... Yeah. Sachin Tendulkar. We're talking about some of the greatest players to ever I agree. play. Like, like, and I reckon that team could take him down. All right, let, let, let's go through. Let, let's think of some players that never really got a true go of the test team. Greg Blewett. Yep. He had he had a go, but he never really got... Matthew Elliott. Yep. Solid. He was the best batsman um, in Sheffield Shield. Nathan Bracken is an incredible bowler. Yeah, he, Nathan he Bracken. Got two, I think he got three test caps in that era. Like... Ian Harvey, mm-hmm. he was constantly in that one-day team, but he never got... He, Could I never think crack he, into it. I don't know if he ever did play Test Cricket. He may have played one or two games. Not very many if he did, yeah. Uh, also, see, this guy to me, this is probably the biggest injustice in the history of Australian cricket. Yep. Brad Hodge. Brad Hodge, what? Getting dropped after scoring a 200 yep. against a very, very potent South African attack. Yep. In Perth, yep. mind you, where the South Africans, like, everyone knows them for their fast bowling. Like... Earth is the best deck to be a fast bowler. It's just like he never got, like that's what I mean. Like yeah. and I mean we're talking about Brad Hodge. You've got Brad Hogg as well, like a criminally underrated spin bowler. Stuart McGill sat behind Warney for years and was in his right a very good bowler. He wasn't Shane Warne, because no one is, but he was a very that's good I mean. leg spin you look, bowler. You look at those games, I remember like I was always very excited. As a kid. When they played both of them? Yeah, when they yeah. played both of them. Oh, man. And you'd be really excited. You knew what was coming. You're like, like right, eight wickets out of these two. Because then needs to get two. Like, that's that's mean, because like you had, you would always have, especially like come day three, day four, you would have one spinner constantly down one end yeah, yeah, of the pitch. Yeah. That fast bowler, like, and, and I, that's, as a batsman, that's one of the hardest things to do. Is you face six balls and they're coming at you, and you know you've got to play them. 
And then the next six, you've got to really watch where they're coming from. You've got to watch for the turn, look at the break. And then you've got to go back down the other end and have the same thing happening. And it wears you down, man. Five overs I mean. of that from either end and like, you're just like out of it. But this comes down to the fundamental thing, I want to say. Every Australian cricket fan needs to know that we can't keep trying to find quick fixes yeah, for the team. We can't win to consistently. We need to develop the youth, select players, maybe, like, we need to blood them early. Yeah, that's pull, what that's what, that, what the original team did. Yeah, like, like They selected Damian Martin when he was 18 yeah, years old, and then they dropped him. when he debuted? He was, like, 20, like... They think, Barely 20? Like, yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, and, you know, you talk about Ricky Ponty went on to become one of the greatest batsmen ever of any era. See, like, Damian Martin, he debuted, at, like, when he was 18, and everyone thought it was the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And he got dropped after cheers, but he came back, and he was playing really good. Yeah. They need to take some risks. They need to suck it up. Yeah, like, like deal with the fact that you're going to lose a few series here and there. Know that your ICC ranking is going to drop. And I think that's the problem. Is like, everyone's too fixated on being the number one team. Look, we've never been... The, to my knowledge, we've never been the number one T20 team in the world. Who cares? I think, I think in T20 we're like fifth or sixth yeah, in the like, world. Who cares? We're behind even New Zealand. Like, <laughs> like, it shouldn't matter. See, in this country, no one gives a shit about the T20 internationals. Mm. Like, I could honestly say the last time I watched a T20 international on TV, like, I can't even remember. No. I love the big bash. Yeah, the domestic competition is good because the teams are more evenly matched. But, yeah. It's... It's, yeah... I mean, everyone wants to talk, you know, it's all—it's a sad day for Australia. No, it's not. Like, all teams go through peaks and That's troughs. what I mean, that report... You can't be good forever. It doesn't happen. See, that, that's, what I mean. that's why I think this report is part of my language. I think that report was bullshit. Like, yeah, talking about how things need, need to... Like, saying, like, sledging and stuff. It's like, you weren't complaining about the sledging when the team was winning, were you? No. And they were probably worse than it. Like, yeah, of course they were. Look at all the stories from that era. Like, you got bloody... Glenn McGrath yeah, like sledging Zimbabwean. Oh, like I don't know if anyone knows that story. I'll just relay it. Uh, there was a real fat guy for Zimbabwe. <laughs> I think he was, his name was Eddie something. He was like the number eleven batsman. Australia were killing him. And this number eleven batsman, to his credit, was like really sticking up to Glenn McGrath, keeping him a good guy. Yeah. And then Glenn McGrath started sledging him about it, about his weight, and he said, "Oh, mate, why are you so fat?" <laughs> and then. Glenn, and then to Glenn McGrath, this guy said, well, every time I fuck your wife, she gives me a biscuit. <laughs> and if anyone knows about Glenn McGrath, his uh, wife sadly had cancer. Yeah, they nearly got a punch on the pitch. But that's what I mean, like... You can't give it to someone and not... If, t- if you can't take it, don't give it. I mean, it, right? if that happened now... Th- yeah. How many reports? How many on yeah, the like? Right, you've got, and this is—it's reflective of society in general, sadly. And it was part of the cause for me when I played cricket as a kid. Is like you would sledge, and it wasn't like you know, it was never really anything nasty. But you would always talk to the batsman when you like, if you were feeling his slips, especially, and you just—and it wasn't because you didn't like him. You were trying to shake his game so the bowler could get him out. And it was always really like you know, innocuous crap. Like my favourite one was you'd always ask the batsman whether he had butter or margarine on his toast. Yeah. And whichever one he said, of course, you had the other one. He'd be like, oh yeah, he's a margarine boy, and you just constantly constantly give it to him every time you missed it you were like see if you had butter on your toast that wouldn't happen that's all you would do and eventually after three or four overs he's sick of you and he swings at one and he misses and he yeah out. see that's what like everyone like you got all the memes that's about nice gary like yeah. that that's happened forever in cricket yeah. like decades as long as the game's been played there's and shit talk is part of sports 
trash talk is absolutely part like, of sport. Like it, you, you can't know, take it out of it. Yeah, and you know that you're better than the other person. It's like when you've got that competitive nature, you're going to let them know about it. And you should be allowed to let them know about it. Not, and then when you get to the end of the game, you shake hands, you go off, and nobody cares about there it is it's not, on the ground. I guarantee you, 99% of the people that have ever played any sport at any level, yeah. whether it be local, team, state, country, world, yeah. have at least taunted or sledged someone. Yeah. It shouldn't be taken out of the game. Like They're talking about how the umpire can send players off the field. To me, that's a joke. Yeah. Like, imagine all the great duels in Korean history. Like, uh, Javed, I can't pronounce his name, <laughs> me and Dad, Javed, me and Dad, Dennis Lilly, where, like, me and Dad was, like, Lilly was talking to share him and me and Dad was going to hit him with the bat. Yeah. Imagine if that happened now. Imagine how crap it would be if the umpire's like, all right, both of off the field. Stop the game. Like, like bring your subs in. Yeah, like, and... Sure, like, people take it too far on occasion, but that's up to the... That should be between the two players to deal with outside of the match. That's what I mean, like, people talking about David Warner going off the ground. Apparently, there's been conflicting reports about what's been said. Yeah, of course there are, because there's, you know, people, like, realise they said something they shouldn't have or didn't say it, and, you know... I think Dave Warner's not in the best headspace in the world. I can't blame him. It's probably weighing on his mind, this whole cricket thing. Yeah, especially when you consider where the abuse came from. You know? See, the whole thing in South Africa, that whole sledging of him, I thought that was really bad. Because mm. they weren't sledging him, they were sledging his wife. Yeah. To me, that's like... Like, there's lines, right? There, there is lines. Like, going back to Warney, too. Yeah. I don't know whether you remember the 05 Ashes series, the Barmy Army. Yeah. Warney was in the middle of divorcing his wife, or at least they were separated at the time, I can't fully remember. And they was that was singing, Where's your missus now? Like, yeah. to me, that's kind of a line. But to Warney's credit, you know what he did? He bloody went out there. He took 40 wickets yeah, that series. He his averaged, best series he, ever. He, he averaged 43 wickets that series. Averaged 34 with the bat. <laughs> like, I can't get on that. But like, no. we can talk. Like, we have gone so off topic. We could go we, 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 we were here <laughs> to talk American sports. So I think. Let's well, reset. Let's yeah. reset. We might t- call it a break. Get another jug of beer. Yep. And we'll come back and we'll start talking some NFL, some NBA, some baseball. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, (laughs) how about that? (laughs) Well, I think that was a, it was a sidetrack discussion, but it was a discussion that needed to have. It was quality. And I think we'll start, well, we'll go back to the uh, Yank Sports. All right, we're done. I think we'll start the uh, NFL. NFL, right. My, to, my speciality. Yeah, that's right. what I, I mean. Like to, to be fair, yep. I do know the NFL. I wouldn't call myself an expert. I'm <laughs> probably what you consider a casual. Nice. Casual fan. I'm casual fan. I good. do watch maybe one game a week, but like I know the names. I don't know that much about it. Like, oh. So I'll let you lead, lead right. the uh, conversation. We're halfway into the season, so... Yeah. It's been an interesting year, actually. Like, some things you expect. You know, certain teams to win a lot of games. Like, you know, you knew the Rams were going to be good because they were good last year. You knew that the Patriots are good because they're always good. Shout out. Um, but, man, like, Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk about this kid. Mahomes. So, second-year player. Didn't play at all, really, last year. 
has come out and has been the third person in history to throw for 28 touchdowns in his first eight weeks. This kid's going to be the MVP. I'm like, calling it. 28, 28 touchdowns in eight weeks is incredible. Yeah. Like, how many is that a week? That's what? Two and a half? Yeah. Two and a half a week? And he's seven consecutive 300-yard games. That's what I mean. You consider a 30-touchdown season for a quarterback yeah. is considered 30 a great touchdowns, season. 30 touchdowns to, like, what? Aaron Rodgers' last MVP season, he threw 36 touchdowns to four interceptions. And we're talking about this kid who's halfway through the season has thrown 28. The record is 55. That's what I mean. He could break it if he really turned this it This guy wasn't a high draft pick. No, he was... Well, he was like... It was still first round pick, but yeah, he was 15th, I think. Yeah. And the Chiefs didn't need to pick him. They had Alex Smith, who's a decent player in his own right. Admittedly, not as good. But yeah. they were winning. Like that year, they won They won 10 games, you know, which is a pretty good season for yeah. a team. Yeah. Like Alex Smith has always been a. I know Alex Smith. He's yeah. always been a solid quarterback. Yeah. Solid player. A fun spectacular. I mean, the, the Chiefs have always been a solid team. They've never bottomed out. No. But they've never jumped up into that upper echelon. But no. now, with a improvement in the most key position, yeah, the, the most imp- important in American football, probably in sports when you think about it. Yes, because I would agree. Everything runs through that one player, except for like that rare occasion when you. Have he's a like he's a, he's a, he's the team captain. Yep. He is the most important player on the field when they're on there. Yep. Like coach on the field, he has to organize everything. Yeah. So you know, you're talking about getting eleven different dudes into sync, and. Look, I'm, I couldn't be more impressed. And the fact that they, with that, because they don't have a good defense this year. Not at all. They no, have been like, thrown all over. Houston's not there, is he? Uh, no, he has, but he's been injured on and off. Yeah. But they traded away their best cornerback to start the season, Marcus Peters, um, who's also having a pretty crap season. So I guess that was a good call. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've, I think they ranked about 25th in defensive, what do they call it? Defensive value over average. Yeah. Which is basically means that, you know, compared to the average team, they're pretty poor. But they haven't they've only lost one game and they lost it by three points at the final whistle to to, a, to the Patriots. Yes. Who are led by, in my opinion, not that it's clouded by the fact I'm a fan, but the greatest player of all time. And even if he's not the greatest player of all time, he's one of the greatest sports stories ever. Oh, told. Absolutely. Like he, I mean, you know, there's a reason I talk shit for hours about how good Tom Brady is and you know, he should be the the Cinderella story for everyone out there who, you know, thinks they're not good enough to do something. Like, you know, talking about a player, as I said to you before, is, you know, he was the backup on the team that won no games in high school. And the only reason he started in his second year is because the kid ahead of him quit. He wasn't even going to play. He was going to go and play baseball and focus on that. Yeah. But he kept playing because the guy in front of him quit. He got a scholarship offer for Michigan, probably, you know, one of the most prestigious college football programs in America. Yeah, hundred thousand well, fans go to that's those what games. They got hundred. They got the biggest stadium yeah. in America and one of the biggest in the world. Hundred and twenty. The big house. Yeah, the, the big, big house. house yeah. The big house. Maize and blue, Michigan. And he comes out and sits for his first three years out of five years of eligibility. Comes out in his fourth year and plays pretty well. You know, pretty average team. Like they had some good players. Like Charles Woodson played on that team. Probably one of the best defensive backs ever to play. Mm. But other than that, they didn't have a huge amount of talent. And, you know, he comes out in his in his fifth year and he's up against this kid, Drew Henson, who's this highly touted recruit coming out of high school, was going to be first-round pick for the Yankees in baseball. Like, he was, you know, he was the next thing. Yeah. And 
they only played him in you know they played him because they didn't want him to go and play baseball so Michigan were like right we have to play Drew Henson you know because he is this supposed generational talent and he gets him into a hole time and time again Brady comes out second half comes back storms them home to win the game by three points at the final whistle and he did it and they won they won 10 games that year out of 16 I think it was yeah won the Orange Bowl against Alabama who have always been the cream of the crop in college Bear football Bear Bryant see anyone that has seen Forrest Gump yeah. that guy that at the sideline at the sideline that says he may be the stupid son of a bitch alive be sure he is fast that's Bear Bryant one of the greatest coaches in all of sports yeah Alabama have had probably the greatest coaching hierarchy ever you know you've got Nick Saban there now who's how many national championships they won in the last 10 years like they won 5 or something which is you know yeah. 4 more Did than everyone shit else all in the NFL though yeah no terrible coach for the Dolphins he's not as good as Jimmy Johnson no never will be but you know then you've got this kid comes out gets picked after 198 other people the 6th quarterback taken he got picked after who threw for something like 40% completions in his final year mm. you know and he comes out in his second season, takes over a starter, wins a Super Bowl, and has See, won four more See, they didn't pick him because he thought he had no athleticism. That is one of the great it's the misdemeanors in all of sport is myth. athleticism. Yeah. Okay, we'll go back to cricket. Shane Warne. Shane Warne. Like, <laughs> I, I'm reading his book at the moment. He says, like, to his credit, he is kind of right. He was only overweight for maybe five years of his career, but he never was a top physical athlete. No, he wasn't, like... That pure Johnson, skill, yeah. pure skill, should beat athleticism Absolutely. any day of the week. And like you look at what he was doing, like he and I say he's leading his teams back, and it's leadership. And court, at quarterback, you have to be a leader. Yeah. And he got his team to buy in, and they won in that first year. They won three out of four. First team ever to do it. Went through a drought, came back and won two more. And looking in pretty good shape to go back again this year after only... You and know, they realistically should have won two more. Yeah, they should have won last year and they definitely should have won in 2007. And in 2011. Very true. 2011 was... Shit the bed a little bit, I think, if I'm honest. See, that is probably a more harder pill to swallow for Pats fans than yeah. probably 2007 was because that Giants team was actually a good team mm. all season. Well, that 2011... Giants team yeah really because they made it through from the wild card game they really only hit their stride in the playoffs yeah and I mean you look at the 2017 the Patriots played them that year in, in week 16 they only barely beat them and they kept their starters in the whole game it wasn't like you know they came out that year and they were blowing kids out in the first half like Brady was barely playing he threw six touchdowns in the first half yeah. him and Randy Moss would go off to the sideline and sit down and they wouldn't play for the second half 2011 like yeah, but though, that Giants team was legit, and they had their number, and they knew, I think, going into the, the Super Bowls that the Patriots got big-headed, thought they were un- yeah. uh, thought they were unbeatable. And I think the only two people that didn't think that were Brady and Belichick. Everyone else was like, yeah, we got this. We got the best coach of all time. We got the best player of all time. We're all set. And, I mean, sure, it took some luck, that helmet catch, but better team on the day won the game. And you can't... Yeah. Like, that's what I love about... NFL is it? It's always the best team on the day. You know, any given Sunday. Yeah. That speech. Oh. And it's. That's what I mean. If anyone has not seen that movie, if anyone's not seen that movie, it's on Netflix at the moment. Any given Sunday. It's. Al Pacino, Cameron oh. Diaz, 
Dennis Quaid. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Uh, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Like, you name it. All Like, you got, you got that scene where, like, Cameron Diaz, she's the owner of the team. She walks in that room. Mm. And they were just, like, naked. And they were just, like... And she's just, like, walking in. And they were just, like, oh... Great, great, great. Yeah. Jamie Foxx just hits on just great movie. But I think it really sums up, especially now when you look at you know with the problems with you know head injuries and lawsuits and surrounding the NFL. That movie I think really sums up the league better than anything and how how negligent they lie. were. I would like so it, it, many years. Like, it's pretty. I wouldn't say it's funny, but it's pretty like the scene where Shark, which yep. is Lawrence Taylor's character, oh. Lawrence Taylor, one of the greatest callbacks of all time. They say he shouldn't play because he's going to get paralyzed, but he decides to play, and then because he's going for his bonus, and going then for that like, million dollars. and then he literally probably they don't like it's not out and out said that he gets paralyzed, but he gets they allude, hit bad allude to the and, fact and, that he's paralyzed, and he's yeah. like paralyzed and he doesn't give a shit, like because he's worth a million dollars. That's but, what I mean. Yeah, it, it's a long movie, but. Probably one of Albert Chan's best ever performances, which yeah. is and probably one of the best one of those best movie speeches I think of all time. One of the best credit scenes in movie history too. Yeah, where he's retiring as the Miami coach, and he's just like, "Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm uh, taking the new expansion team down in uh, in Albuquerque, <laughs> and uh, Willie Beeman's going to be my uh, franchise quarterback." <laughs> just like out of nowhere, everyone's just like, "What? What? What?" Like. Yeah. James Woods is the bloody yeah, smart ass reporter. Like, such a good movie. That's what I mean. It's on Netflix. Very, very. Please good watch movie. it. Yeah. Please watch it. But yeah, I think, especially this season, you've seen a lot of teams that are traditionally very good. Yeah. That have completely lost their way. Um, and Pats. S- I yeah, mean, see, no, no, no. I wouldn't say the. Pa- I mean. I was saying pa- Packers. Oh yeah, the Packers. Green, Green Bay Packers. But you see, the Packers to me have always ridden on the shoulders of, of Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. They've always is... ridden on the shoulders of a great quarterback. Brett Favre and Bart Starr, like during the Lombardi days, yeah. Bart Starr. And they've been they've been good for so long, but now, and this is where you know the the argument gets contentious, right? Because it's like it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, who's the best? And I think that if you really break it down. Aaron Rodgers is a better player than Tom Brady in the fact that he's equally skilled okay, as he is athletic. Yeah. But I think Tom Brady is the better quarterback because he uses his skills to the best that he can. And I think he's he's been more clutch. Sure, he can't throw the ball 150 yards anymore like Rodgers still can. But you got to remember, he's almost seven years older than Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. Like, he's 41. And he's still playing one of the best seasons I of his seen, career. I feel where, like... The Chiefs are in the AFC. Yeah, AFC. And the Pats are in the AFC as well. Yeah. I feel like they're the they're the two best teams. They're going to collide in the championship game. Yeah. I can't figure out who's going to come out of the NFC at this It'll point. be the Rams. Just if maybe n- the Vikings. If nothing else, just purely on wins because they've already they they haven't lost. Yeah. So See, like realistically, they got Gurley. They got Goff. Yeah, they got Gurley. They got Goff. They've got the they've got three receivers this year who could hit a thousand yards apiece, which yeah. I don't think has ever happened before. They've got one of the best defensive lines and only because they paid them, but they also went out in the offseason and they traded for so many defensive players. They've got Aaron Donald, who is a freak of nature and is probably, maybe with the exception of J.J. Watt, the best defensive player in the league. See, J.J. Watt's a freak. But see, the Texans should be so much better than whether they got J.J. Watt, they got Jadavion Clowney. They've got, yeah. They're both... Free, like they're both Deshaun, freaks of- yeah, Deshaun Watson. Not only that, but Whitney Macellas, who is the most underrated player on that team, he is like 
they've got three god tier pass rushes. And yeah. Like, they're just. They're so infuriating, and like they play in one of the weaker divisions of football. Yeah. Their only real competition are the Titans, and the Titans can't string us drive together to save their life. See, the Titans are like 29th in passing and 27th in rushing. Dare offense. I say it, Marcus Mariota, bust, bust. He's been let down a little bit, I think, by his GM, and he's got a very good first year coach this year. Yeah, uh, Mike Vrabel, ex-Patriots player, mm. play uh, coach under Bill O'Brien at the Texans last year. Came out first year as the head coach. And he's turned that defense around. They are very strong defensively. Like they let they only let the Eagles do throw for two hundred yards, and absolutely blew them out of the water. But they can't. That's what I'm saying. They can't string a drive together to save their life because Marcus Mariota is too fixated on that run pass option, and he's See, too he's looking for his tight Chip end Kelly. who's injured. Chip Kelly made that man. Yeah. If Chip Kelly was still at Philadelphia. Who knows? I don't know, but see, I think Chip Kelly was a really good college coach and a really poor NFL coach. Yeah, I do too. Because if you see, look at the scores in college, they're always they average about 10 points a game higher see, than the NFL. college and NFL is a massive difference. Yeah. There are players that you can see in college be like, okay, that's going to be a massive MB- NFL player. Yeah. But then there's others that dominate in college and will do shit all in NFL. But also the other way around. You look at players that are like not terrible coming out of college but only just average like Antonio Brown yeah probably one of the best receivers in all the football of you know of all time was and again a, a six round pick Richard Sherman best quarterback in my opinion in the NFL fifth round pick so many good players have come out of the lower rounds because they haven't produced at the college level because they haven't been in the right system they yeah. get picked up by a coach who knows they can use them and blow it out of the water and that's the problem, is that people equate college success too easily. Jameis Winston is definitely a bust. The pick above Marcus Mariota, he got replaced by fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's 35 years old, but and, you, but and completely you're crapped Fitz, the bed in his you're last You're talking about Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic, like, Fitz magic to be lasts fair to three games. <laughs> to be fair to Fitzgerald, he is producing this season. He is actually criminally underrated, in my opinion. He produced last season at the Jets, of all teams. The Jets... Who are the wide receivers for the Jets? Who is the running back yeah, for the Jets? Yeah, true. Robbie Anderson and a bunch of no one else. I, I like, see your point. But I do... Like, Jameis Winston, he has reduced in spurts. But he's always Ever been... since he stole the crab legs from the uh, local supermarket. <laughs> the crab legs incident. But he's always been too turnover prone. Like, even at Florida State, like when they won the national yeah. championship, he threw for, like, an insane amount of touchdowns, like 38 touchdowns. But he yeah. also threw for 24 interceptions. Yeah. Like, that defense bailed them out, and that defense had some ballers. That was, yeah. That's Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James. Like, they had the best secondary in college. You could have taken that secondary, put on an NFL team, and they would have won. They would have locked people down. See, to be fair, I'm a bit um, I'm a bit biased towards that era of college football because that was the period where I had ESPN. Yeah. And I was watching, like, SportsCenter yeah. every day. I was watching, like, I would know Marcus... Those Marcus, hot, those hot know, takes, yeah. I mean, I'd know Marcus Mariota. I'd know James Winston... Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football. See, to be fair, if I was a very good sports sportsman, I'd probably end up like Johnny Manziel. I would just party myself to shitness. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, but the thing is, I think like jo- I, I love to party. Johnny Manziel was such. I think he's like he's obviously a waste of talent, but I don't think he was ever going to be more than what he was in the NFL level. In terms of NFL football, he was a midget. No, but like you've seen short players, Russell Wilson. Drew Brees. Drew Brees is probably the most underrated football player of all time. He's 
never see, won an MVP. He's different. He's only won one he's ring. He's different than than Manzal because Manzal was scrambling. He was scrambling. Yeah. Play action. Yeah. Rush. Yeah, lots of run pass Drew Brees is literally pocket. He's yeah. a pocket quarterback. Yeah. He can't scramble for yards. Yeah. He's Tom, Will, he's Tom Brady is, minus four yards. Uh, Wilson, four inches, sorry. Wilson is the exception yeah. to the rule yeah. in terms of short quarterbacks. But, I mean, also, there's been a few decent short quarterbacks. And people say that, you know, the standard is 6'3", but there's lots of very good players that are under that in the NFL. Like, Doug Flutie was, what, 5'11"? He's very good. Mm. Was very, very good. Flutie flanks. Yeah, exactly. Flutie um, flanks. Yeah, lots of good players under 6'3". Um, I think that, and that's what you were saying, is, you know, the athleticism and measurables are so often, like, thrown out there and you're like, wow, this kid's so athletic. But you look at so many of the picks, particularly that the Cowboys have made in the last four years. We're talking about kids that have gone out there and, like, um, I can't remember his name, but he broke the broad jump record. He won, he ran a 4'4", 40-yard dash, and he's 6'4", 240 pounds. He plays like a linebacker, but he's a safety. Yeah. And... I can't even, like, he's so, that's what I'm saying, he's so bad I can't even remember his name. And I know bad players, man. Yeah. Like, I know some bad players out there. I know their names, but I can't remember this kid's name. And so it very much goes to prove that your brain is about half of the battle and your athleticism really is just overrated. Yeah, so, time. like, we'll get, at this point of the NFL season, who have been your standout team, standout players? Right. Kind of thing? Well, I think... We hit the nail on the head. This is the top two of the AFC, definitely the Patriots and the Chiefs. I don't think there's... There was never going to be any argument there. Um, I think the top two in the NFC will be the Rams. And it'll be whoever wins the division in terms of Vikings-Packers. Because I think that home field, particularly for the Vikings this year, is massive. I can't remember his name, but the Vikings got got the guy that's... Going for a hundred yards per game. Oh yeah, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Again, we're talking about underrated players a lot. He's. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be considered top two, top three receivers in the league right now. He's, yeah. You know, he's done seven straight hundred-yard games, which has only been done once before by Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver of all time. So, like, we're talking about records that haven't been broken. And yeah, you know, you talk about it's an offensive game, it's a passing game. But the fact that he's not being triple covered by now yeah. speaks to how well the Vikings are put together as a team. You've got Stephon Diggs, you've got Latavius Murray, who's having a career resurgence, plus Dalvin Cook, who was a top, like, first-round pick, top-ten pick, not that long ago, mm. and is a very good player in his own right. You've got Kirk Cousins, who's always been a very good quarterback. Not, a, I mean, not a great see, quarterback, that's I mean, Kirk, but a very that, good quarterback. That's what's really surprising about the Vikings with the receivers. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is a... In terms of, say, I'm trying to think of, like, say, a football, like, say, an AFL equivalent. Right. Kirk Cousins is probably maybe someone like a Tom Hawkins. Fair. In that yep. he, can, he can go for a bag, maybe, like, seven, eight goals, but he will consistently give you three, four goals. He, will, he may never be a dominant player, but he will... He does what you need him to do, and he's, he, do, he avoids mistakes. And if you, if you put a good team around him, that will bring him up a level. Yeah. And he avoids the mistakes. And, you know, the the Vikings definitely have their problems. That offensive line is awful. Mm. Like, truly terrible. I like, think that will do them in. And in the that's end. the thing. Is if, that when will they, do them in. And if they play a very good defense like the Rams, they will, they'll score 10 points, if that. Yeah. And that's, we're talking about, you know, one of the better passing offenses in football with a very balanced attack. And that's why I think if that Patriots-Chiefs game had have happened at Arrowhead Stadium rather than Gillette, yeah. I think... 
the Chiefs win and I'm a Patriots fan and the only yeah. reason I say that is because they're much more balanced but you see them like they're consistent like the Patriots this week played the Bills and they barely put up 25 points they got they got one touchdown on offense one on defense and we're playing against fucking Derek Anderson <laughs> and like no you know a bunch of nobodies that can't really play that well and you maybe I'm you know because they always play well at home against the Patriots because it's that in-division rivalry. But, you know, 25 to 6, it should have been 50 to 6, realistically. You look at the weapons the Patriots have. They've got Josh Gordon, who is the See, closest... how the hell did they get him? For a fifth rounder. Yeah, how a, the hell? For a fifth round pick. Oh, be, oh because he's, he likes working a bit of a joint. Yeah, exactly. Like, and whereas you look at the Cowboys went out and traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper. Now, that will come back to the Raiders at about number 17 which is so overrated for a guy who caught something like 37 passes like he's so so he's been so bad compared to where he was drafted and the problem with the Raiders is nothing to do with the players the problem with the Raiders is John Gruden and that Mark and Mark Davis that dickhead with the bad haircut let's talk about that for a minute you want to talk about poorly managed teams that have had so many things handed to them and they've wasted almost all of them. Jamarcus Russell has to be the biggest bust in draft history. Top pick, <laughs> meant to have this cannon of an arm, can pass it from one end of the ground to the other, and comes out and only starts three like, games. Like, like, I could play better than he if could. Any, if anyone's on Algin, if anyone knows Algin Street, where are the Shaw Davies slum? Dollar beers, five to seven o'clock. Make yourself known here. Uh, it's probably, how, how far would you say that? So maybe... What, to the other side of the street? Yeah, 30 metres. Um, oh, not even that, mate. That would be 20, if that, I'd say. I reckon I could throw that. I don't reckon Jamarcus Russell could. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could at least put it in the same neighbourhood if you wanted to throw yeah, it Yeah, that's far. something like Jamarcus Russell probably would <laughs> He would break. throw it that far, but it would go over there into the building across the corner. Yeah, go, that's the issue. Go into the Arshen Healing Building. Yeah. <laughs> not the Travel Associates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So many, so many high picks, so much wasted talent, and I think it's poor management. Why do they trade Khalil Mack? Oh, Khalil Mack is, if he hasn't been, if he hadn't have gotten injured this like three weeks ago and blown out his ankle, with the exception of when the Bears played the Patriots, because if you look at stellar pass rushes and how they play against yeah. the Patriots, they always play poorly. JJ Watt has only half a sack against the Patriots in six career games. Like with maybe. Except for Dwight Freeney, no one has ever had much success against him because they game plan so well. Yeah. And Kalum, they shut him down. But if you look at every other game, sack, forced fumble, and he scored something like three defensive touchdowns in his first five games with the Bears. Mm. How do you trade that away? Even for... You give me four first-rounders, I'm not taking that deal. He is a generational player that the, the, the Raiders wasted a number two pick on and didn't get a ring out of it. See, did you ever see the... Um the movie that came out maybe three, four years ago with Kevin Costner, Draft Day. Yep. And what was the guy's name? It was Vontae Mack. Yep. Carly Mack in real life is literally that guy from yes. the movie where 100%. like they're saying he's like n- the number one pick, yep. the dominant player. Like he is literally him. Yeah. Like. And I can understand people sleeping on him coming into the draft because he did play at a second division team and. But the thing is, is that when you look at the position he plays now and the position he played in college, he was an off-the-ball linebacker in college, meaning he played five yards back from the line. Rather than now, he's a pure pass rusher, and he is so much better for it. And he, you know, defensive player of the year, three-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler in four seasons. 
The only time he wasn't an All-Pro was in his rookie year when See, he when he only got eight sacks. How many players in the league get more than eight sacks in a year? It would be maybe twenty-five. If only the Bears had a better team around him. The Bears will be good. The Bears will be good. The Bears will be the best team in that division in three years, and that's a division Trubi- that has Trubi- the Packers in there. Trubisky is a good, pl- good yep. quarterback. Trubisky is a good player. They've got an excellent defense on like Hakeem Hicks. Used to play for the Patriots, played for the Saints before that. Is probably top three defensive tackle in the league. And he is that good. That's that's what I'm saying. He is that good. He's behind maybe Aaron Donald and JJ Watt in terms of like pure dominance. He is that athletic. He is so good. The Bears will dominate. The Bears are going to be good. Um, the Chiefs are going to be good for years to come because they've got those, their three best players are under rookie contracts. Mm. You've got Mahomes, you've got Tyreek Hill, and you've got um, Kareem Hunt. And they're all on their rookie deals, which means that team can go out and load up everywhere else on high-priced veterans and come out and deliver. They should win at least 11 games a season for the next four years. And if they don't, you need to just Questions need to be get asked. rid of the management. And that's why the Raiders should have... They come out and they won... They were 11-5 two years ago. See, to be fair with the... Like, I say to be fair, but this is kind of bad. They're treading water. Oh, 100%. They're treading water because they're moving to Las Vegas. Yeah. Which we knew was always going to be bad for the players, but you would hope that management was... And, you know, John Gruden's his old-school, no-nonsense coach, you know, doesn't believe in analytics and all the yada, yada, yada. And, you know, everyone was talking about it. It was like, he wasn't that good the first time around. Sure, he won a championship when, you know, with the Bucks. But that Buccaneers team was incredibly good and played in an incredibly his, weak that was, conference. That was his first year at the Bucks too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he inherited someone else's team. Yeah, someone else did the work and did he I came say in. it? Like, I'm changing it to Australian sports here. The AFL. Yep. Chris Scott at Geelong. Yeah. He inherited Bomber Thompson's team and won that premiership. Since then... He may have bought teams in the fight zone. Fuck all. Like, he's he's the AFL's John Gruden. Exactly. And, you know, they paid him, what, $100 million over 10 years? Yeah. The, the biggest disclosed contract for a coach of all time. And what did he? What was the first move he did? Traded away his best player. Yeah. Traded away his best player. For admittedly, a decent hole, but still. like. Still? How pay, old is his best player? Like, 25? 24, 25. Yeah, like, That's what I mean. And when you look at what they paid him, as you look at how much the salary cap goes up, in three years, that's a bargain. $150 million over mean, like, five years? That's the equivalent of, say, Richmond trading away Dusty Martin for, like, say, two first-round picks yeah, or well, something. So they got two first-rounders. Uh, a third and a fifth, but they also gave up a second rounder for that. Yeah, or say the Bull- Bulldogs wedge a couple of dollars. Bulldogs tracking Marcus Bontempelli for a couple of those picks. Like, right. this guy is a pro. Carly Mack is a proven top talent, yeah. and they trade him for what reason? Well, like, Why? And you don't know what you're going to get. Like, sure, like you've got a top. Like, they'll probably end up because the Bears aren't great this year, but they'll end up with maybe a top 10, top 15 pick this year. Yeah. But you look at this draft class coming in, it's not an excellent class. If this had been a, like a top 15 pick in the draft class just gone, then I'm like, yeah, that's better value. Yeah. But this class coming in, after number five, I don't think. I think you'll get the same value pick six through pick 60. They're all. It's that like that See, level. See, to be fair, we're saying this from the outside. There may have been some internal stuff that True. we may not know about, you but know. still. I mean, he was holding out, and I can understand how coaches and you know ownership get pissed off for that. How but at the same many time, players hold out? Like we're talking about players that go out there every week, risk their lives and their bodies for 
And he was playing on his rookie deal, which was going to pay him like four million this season, five million, something like that. And he went out there, and as soon as they traded him, and he's on 150 million with something like 80 million guaranteed. I wouldn't want to play. Like, if I'm a top talent, I'm not going out there for any less than that. No fucking way. No way. That's uh, Yeah. It was just, I think it's poorly mismanaged, and you'll see the Raiders now become the laughing stock again of the AFC West. As they have been. Yeah. Because the Chiefs are excellent, the Broncos are decent, and the Broncos obviously need to rebuild if John Elway can figure that out. Need to get themselves a new quarterback. Case Keenum's still trash, but they're going to be third at least in that division. It's not going to not going to go well for them, and they're going to move to a new a new town with a new stadium, and they're going to win three games in their first year. They're going to get and all, the fans are going to deserve. It's going to be hilarious. They're going to get all the they're going to get all the big shots coming in from Vegas. They're going to get like they're going to get say they're going to get people coming in from Vegas like. There'll be shots of like guys in the front yeah, row. Like Floyd Mayweather will be there. With, with like, crap like that. There'll be yeah. guys in like suits with like cog girls and like you. I'll you'll just be on TV being like, she's a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you like you see it at boxing fights. It'll be like exactly the same front row of any UFC fight, but at the Raiders. When we say that the Los Angeles, the Las Vegas Golden Knights in their first season made the Stanley Cup in, in the NHL hockey. That's true. Like, But you got to remember, they were an expansion team. They yes. didn't move. So they were a That's new team. That's even more impressive. Yeah, but like I think when you're taking all of these, you know, egos and, you know, hold-offs from another city, like, when you alienate one fan base for another rather than creating a new fan base... I've seen Paul Oakland... They've lived through this before. Yep. In the early 80s, their team moved to LA. Then they got their team back in the mid-90s. And now their team's going to leave again. Yeah, and I mean... They're dicking them around. Yeah, and you look at... Uh, same. What's happened with the Chargers this year will happen with the Raiders next year. And the Chargers came from San Diego back to LA. And they're averaging something like 35,000 people in a game. See, they're playing in a ship. Attendance. See, so the difference between the LA Chargers and the LA Rams is the Rams were in LA previously. Yeah, and they're playing at the Coliseum, which was their old stadium. Well, the Chargers are playing in LA Galaxy at Stadium. The, yeah, the Stubhub Which Hub is Center. the oh, MLS, yeah. which is their soccer team stadium. And it's the smallest stadium in the NFL. 40,000 is a max capacity or something. And, they're and getting... they fill it for the bloody MLS games. Yeah, and you see they're getting 35,000 into a 40,000 stadium. So, like, it's not that bad. But the problem is the stadium is so small that no one's going to watch the games. And they're going to share a stadium next year with the Rams, who are going to be a much better team. The Chargers are good, but they're not the Rams good. Mm. They're always going to play second fiddle, the same way the Jets play second fiddle to the Giants. The Giants are shit this year, and the Jets still play second fiddle to them. So, I mean, like... I think this is a good point to leave the NFL. We'll talk. We're going to talk NBA. Yep. Lakers and Clippers. Yes. So we'll have a quick break. I need to take a piss. <laughs> uh, the jug has just emptied. Again. Again. Might be time for another jug because we got exactly eight minutes of $5 jugs. Nice. And we'll come back and we'll talk some uh, national basketball Association. association and i'm really looking forward to this oh i'm keen i'm keen as so we'll be right back with some uh, national basketball nba talk right here on the uh, three points in podcast <laughs> you say three points in we're probably eight points in at this point ten yeah. points in ten points i'd say so feeling it feeling it but uh quality as always boys beers balls exactly So we've talked about cricket. Yep. 
NFL. Yep. Now we're getting to the uh, the juicy, the brand new season. NBA. Those three big letters, and boy, do I love those three big letters. Boy, are there some talking points already? Seven, seven to eight games in for most teams. I'm rubbing my hands together. I think you need that. Like, I'll do that again. All right. That's how excited I am. Before you even get there, I want to know straight up right now, who's your pick for MVP? And who do you oh. think's gonna win? Who do you think's gonna win the ring? That's what I want to know. Those two well, things. Well, I'll do the ring straight away because. I feel this is a pretty obvious choice. Pretty foregone, yeah. It's the uh, Golden State Warriors. Look, I'm with you. I think they're going to win. I think the only team in the whole league that can beat them over seven games, because sure, they can, they're going to get beaten on a couple of games, but yeah. I think over seven games, the only team out there that has a chance in hell of beating them are the Celtics, and they've got to be very good for those I seven mean, games. They've got to literally be out of this world. Like... They've got to play their God. best. They've got to play their absolute best across seven games to win. But I think they've got the talent to keep pace with them. God, look at the Warriors. Like, look at today. Clay Thompson, 20. Clay Thompson, who's the How le- many minutes he played? 26 minutes, 52 points. And he's their least talked he about the player. Three, he broke the three point record. Like, but more than that, God. as a team, the second highest amount of points scored in a half. Second only to the first year we saw the seven seconds or less offense in, in Phoenix. The first year the Suns ran yeah. that with Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash. Like, ugh, nah, just... And, like... Who's going to stop them? Boogie may play with yeah, them Boogie too. Boogie didn't even but play like, yet, right? Like, like, I mean, like, people were, saying, people were having the silk saying, Boogie Cousins going to the Warriors, but they're forgetting the fact that the Boogie Cousins playing this season... At all is not a foregone conclusion. And more than he's that, he's literally like, and it's always a foregone, foregone conclusion. He's going to leave at the end of the season too. Yeah, because they like it's not like they went out and signed him, you know, a hundred million dollars over five years. He's playing there for five million dollars, which is probably thirteen See, million dollars he knew, less than he is worth. I think worth. he knew that he that this season for him, if he plays more than say twenty or thirty games, is a bonus. Yeah. So why not go to the Warriors? Yeah, why not get your best chance at a ring when you're probably going to be on the on the shelf almost the year? Because if he goes to another team and they, they play him a match... I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back late in the season for the playoffs, they bring him off the bench. Yeah. I mean... What does, like... Imagine a team in the playoffs, like... Yeah, Boogie Cousins is your Boogie, sixth man. Yeah, like, fucking hell. And, you know, people are like, oh, the Warriors are ruining the league. It's like, no. What's ruining the league is the fact that nobody else is willing to go out there and make those trades and get those players. But see, in saying the Warriors, compared to, say, two or three years ago, their bench yep. is nowhere near as deep. Oh, that yeah. will That eventually could be their undoing. Yeah, and you, I think it will catch up with them. You mentioned the Celtics. Yep. How deep are the Celtics? They're probably eight or nine deep. Yep. Like, okay, we'll, we'll start from the top. Kyrie, Tatum, Jalen Brown... Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Like, Gordon Hayward. God, he's coming from the injury. Yeah, he's the afterthought of this team. Like, Gordon Hayward is, like... He's an all-star previously. Yeah. He's, you know, probably... Like, he's not the best small forward in the league, but he's probably top five when he were, wasn't injured. And we're talking about the guy who's, you know, the afterthought on a team. Like... Oh, I just... I can't even fathom I mean, that. You're thinking also... A guy Al, who, Al Horford? Al Horford. Probably... We're talking, you want, we're back to underrated, right? Most so underrated. Al he was Horford probably the so best good. player for the Celtics in that playoff series last year. Yeah, 100%. 
And do you know what it is? And you should just throw all of the talent out the window. Coach Brad Stevens. Yes. It's the reason that the yes. Celtics are so good. Because he took out that standard one through five, like every player has to pay the position. And he kicked it out the window. He's like, nah, I'm playing three guards and two forwards. The rest of you can just do whatever you want. Like, That's depending I mean. on matchups, Aaron Baines will start. That's me. Aaron like, Baines is like, Aaron Baines. Terry Rozier, oh, Marcus Bloody Smart, Scary Terry and Marcus Smart coming off the bench. Like, see, that's what I mean. They could literally beat almost any team in the league and not start Curry Irving. He made, he does not need I mean, to play a single minute. How many games did he play last year? Like, it, he barely played the season. Gordon Hayward didn't play the whole season. If they don't win the title and they this were year, one game they will away win. from the East. That's what I mean. If they don't, if they do not win a title this year, they will win a title guaranteed in the next three yeah. to four years. Absolutely, at least one. And I'm like, going. I'm willing to put my life on this. Yeah. If I was listening to this, <laughs> and wants to kill me, <laughs> if this does not come up, yeah. shoot me. Yeah. And That's what I mean. I think, and I'm. I say this the same way that you do. Within the next five years, and I think that's reasonable because the kid's only 20, Jason Tatum will be the MVP of the National Basketball Association. God. And it will be sooner rather than later. This kid, he... last year, averaged 40% on his three-point chances and averaged nearly 20 points a game as a 19-year-old rookie who weighs 210 pounds playing the small forward or power forward position. He is a freak. He is Kobe Bryant 2.0, but he is better than Kobe. Yeah, fuck it. Like... <laughs> I want to get this. So we'll talk about the Lakers. Lakers probably been the big story. They started mm. on three. They've turned it around now. Yeah, have a... they though? I don't know. You should have seen LeBron's looks from today. I don't think they're anywhere near out of the woods yet. A LeBron team is good for at least 48 wins a season. They'll be fine. Yeah. They'll be fine. They'll get but there. Were they won't get past that, the Warriors. There though. were rumors that Curry Ryan was planning <laughs> a comeback. If I was Magic Johnson, if I was Rob Palenka... Even though Rob Belenka is Kobe Bryant's agent, fair enough, I'd border up all the hatches to Staples Center. Kobe Bryant should not play in today's NBA. Kobe Bryant, especially on that team, more than anything. He is the most overrated player of all time. I don't care. No. Bring all the hate. 100% guarantee with you right there. Look at his efficiency. Look at his usage rate. Look at his... look. Even just break it down really simply and look at his field goal percentage. Like, sure, he averaged... He was basically a 25-5-5 player his whole career. But he took 40 shots a game. I could do that on 40 shots a game. That's what I mean. Come on. Is he technically, if you take the rings away, is he any better than, say, Allen Iverson, who was a good six inches so- shorter than him? I think, and it's like it's the same with Isaiah Thomas. I think if Isaiah Thomas is a 6'4", 6'5 player, he's probably top five in the NBA. That's what I mean. He's that skilled. So it's like... You put Alan, say, okay, let's go on a time machine. Let's go back to, say, 1999. Yep. Let's swap Alan Iverson for Kobe Bryant on those Lakers teams. There's Do no you, difference. There's no difference. There's no difference, right? Like, like Alan, Alan Iverson got gifted a shit sandwich. <laughs> yes, he may be inefficient. Who else on those teams is going to score points? No one. Like, don't get me wrong. Kobe Bryant is a top 10 player of all time in yeah, the NBA. And I think, yeah. But if you compare him, say, people that say he's the second best player, I'll put him, compare him with Jordan, you're Even the idiots. second best scorer. 
Like, if we're talking about scoring, like, Kobe Ryan was not a good scorer. Kobe Ryan was a great player, and this is what I was saying to you before. I mean, he's a great player in the fact that he was an excellent leader, and he took bad players and got them to good places. Like, we're talking about, like, fucking Kwame Brown. Like, Vlade Divac was not Smush a good Brown. player. Smush Brown. Like, Shannon Brown. Like, Sla- you know. Sasha Vujicic. Yeah, like, players who weren't that great. Sasha Vujicic. And he got them to good places because he had that intensity and had that killer instinct. And but that killed with, teams though as it, well. Exactly. When they didn't have the talent around him, he wanted to shoot fifty times a game, which is fine because you have to do that. When he did have the talent around him, he still wanted to shoot fifty times That's a game, I mean. which is terrible. Here's a dirty little secret about Kobe Bryant's career. You talk about how he's got five rings. He should have ten rings. Three of three of those were courtesy of Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. And then one of those other rings was courtesy of Ron Artest. <laughs> Ron Artest saved their bloody ass in that 2010 series against the Celtics. Oh, like... If it wasn't for him, they would not come anywhere near close. He shut down Paul Pierce. Yeah. Game seven. People forget. What did he shoot that game? He shot, what, two for... Kobe Bryant shot two for, like, 15 or something yeah, in the game. 15, seven. yeah. And he still won, like... I like Kobe Bryant to me. I could go on this all day, but like, God, like, you can call me a hater, you can call me whatever you want. He is a one of the best players of all time. Yeah, like, I think we agree he's a good player, but he's not the second best See, player. This is this leads into a bigger argument about the NBA as a whole. The NBA is the one sport in all sports that championships titles rings whatever you want to call it weighs more heavily than any other yeah. thing people have been like they bag lebron they say oh lebron's three and six three in and six in the finals. finals but make it to nine finals that's for a mean, start in any measurement lebron is either the best or second best player in my opinion he's the second best player of all time you cannot measure it like no like if you take and this is the thing, like, what's interesting, I think, is if you take LeBron back to Jordan's NBA, yeah, he's not equally dominant, but he's still almost as good. Whereas if you bring... I feel like he'd be probably, in terms of athletically... Oh, he'd be the most athletic... Well, I mean, with the exception, maybe, of Michael Jordan, because he had a 40-inch vertical. Yeah. But, like, it, we're saying that if you take Michael Jordan to today's NBA... He'd average 40 a game. Yeah, like, you're not... There's t- no hand-checking anymore. Yeah, There's like, no... Like-, like, defense is not played the same way that it ever was, you know, like technical fouls or so like the fact that you know mild-mannered players can get technical fouls over fucking nothing says all you need to know yeah. and you've got, you've got literally the Detroit Pistons particularly and the Indiana Pacers literally punching people in the mouth and getting away with it yeah in the like, especially like Bill and Beer, like okay Zaza Pachulia people now are saying that Zaza Pachulia is probably the dirtiest player in NBA history go back on YouTube look at the footage of someone called Bill Lambeer See, Bill Embiid was actually a really dang good player. He was an all-star. But he was literally, when they were driving the lane, he was literally grabbing them and throwing them down to the floor and all he got was a foul. Yeah. And look Dennis at Rodman. Dennis Rodman, right? Dennis Rodman. Rick Mahorn. That whole team. There was, a, like, there was a reason why that Rashid late... late 80s, early 90s Detroit team were called the Bad Boys. Because they were bad boys. If that happened now, they would literally almost be kicked out of the They'd league. They'd all be suspended for 20 games. Because they'd, be, like, they'd be getting two texts every night. Every night. Like, the, 
Like, the league is more talented than ever, but the rules have made it the defense, like... The rules have made it easier to be an offensive weapon, and you see that in certain players. And we're not... I'm like, I'm not talking about, you know, Steph Curry, who's like... Steph Curry's a freak. He dominated any era. Probably the best pure shooter of all time. You take everything else out of the equation, and you talk about pure shooting talent. And here's what's crazy about the Warriors. They got probably the second best pure shooter of all time on their team as well. Yeah. And... Argue, argue, and I think you could make an argument that they have the best pure scorer all around on their team of all time as well. Mm. I think you could say Kevin Durant is, and purely because of, like, Kevin Durant takes dumb shots. Kevin Durant takes contested mid-range, like, long twos. He takes all the worst shots. And he still is a member of the 50-40-90 club. And what's most terrifying is he almost... And literally, I mean almost, as in it came down to the last game, became the first person to become a member of the 50-40-90 club while leading the league in scoring. And the only reason he didn't is because Melo, in his last game that season, put up 68 points. That's literally the only thing that stopped Yeah, it's like, oh. Kevin Durant is, in my opinion, top five all time and is the best pure scorer of all time. And it's because he's a physical freak as well as being incredibly... He's like... Call him what you want. He's seven foot tall. His wingspan is seven five, and he averages nearly thirty points a game. That's what I mean. I see. This is goes to another big argument in the NBA. What other sport really leads to more discussion about the best players of all time? I mean, they don't really talk about the NFL. Like they will go to Australia a, a we'll little bit about the NFL, but again, it's pretty clear cut, and they're all quarterbacks, right? So you can't really yeah, talk about the game as a whole. And then, like, yeah. say, like we'll go to all sports. Let's say cricket. Yep. Don Bradman. Everyone else. Baseball got ruined by sabermetrics, so it's all stats. Like, like we'll go to AFL football. Tight like premierships don't really take like people no. say Gary Ablett, Gary Ablett Senior, mind you, is the greatest player of all time. How many premierships did he win? Big Nort, like, and, I mean, the you, NBA is the one sport where there is more discussion about the greatest player of all time, and that greatest player of all time, discu- excuse me, discussion, is rated more on titles than almost anything else, and I feel that's unfair. It's stupid, because it, like, and we're talking about the greatest player, but it's a team sport. It's still a team sport, sure, it's a smaller team, but it's still a team that's sport. Mean, if you want to get technical, like Warriors, Bill, Bill Russell has 11 exactly rings. 11 rings. No one is out there going, uh, Michael Jordan may have six. He was but such Bill a Russell good. has 11. Or God, like, you want to get technical, yeah. Robert Horry, who yeah. was a tremendous role player on so many great teams, those Rockets teams, Lakers, Let's put Spurs, it. he's got more rings than Jordan. No, Who it. is out there saying he's a better player than Jordan? No one. Break it down further than that. How many rings does Steve Kerr have? Steve Kerr, who averaged less than four points a game for his career, how many rings does he have? Because I guarantee you it's more than Steph Curry. It's more it's, than Shaq. It's more than Paul Pierce. More it's, than Carl Malone, more than Charles Barkley, more than John Stockton. Exactly. More than Oscar Robertson. More than Pistol Pete. Like, come on. It's like, I love the NBA on TNT TV coverage. Yeah. But, like, you got Charles Barkley, Shaq, Kenny Smith. They always make fun of Charles Barkley for not having a ring. But Charles Barkley is one of the 20 best players of all time. Charles Barkley is probably, 
you could again, and you could make an argument that he's the best power forward of all time. That's what I mean. Like he was a stretch four before stretch fours were a thing. Yeah. He could shoot the three at a reasonable clip before anyone See, that's the under thing. seven foot tall could shoot. See, the three. a power forward for anyone doesn't know anything about it. the power forward is usually between the heights of six nine and seven foot. Yeah. But Charles Barkley, he was listed at six foot four, but he was actually about. He was listed six foot six. Sorry, he was actually six foot four. He was a big dude, but like the joke of that whole NBA on TNT coverage is that he does not have a ring. Yeah, and that but, belittles but, him. But that should not take away from his personal achievements. And let's also talk about the fact that, like, sure, Kenny Smith is a good NBA player, but I would definitely not consider him one of the rings. greatest ever. But he's got two rings. Exactly. So everyone leaves him alone. That's what I mean, like, like, no offense, Kenny, but you're not that. Ryan Scalabrine, how many rings does he have? Uh, he the, has the Red Mamba. Don't I mean, talk like, shit about the Red like, Mamba. He's got a ring, but like he was a decent player. Like, if you want to get technical, like that's the big thing about NBA fans. Like this may be real bad. They value championships, titles, rings, whatever you want to call it, more than any other sport. It's like soccer. Okay, how many? Do you know how many titles that Pele won? I mean, nah. Okay, no. Or nah. Maradona. Maradona won one World Cup, but yeah, like... Talk about Messi, right? Again, it's a really another good example. Lionel Messi, probably the most skilled footballer of all time, if not one of the best of all time, never won a World Cup. Ronaldo World too. Cup. Like, Messi, Ronaldo. Yep. They've never won a World Cup. But they've no never won cares. a... Ronaldo, like... Ronaldo, never... How many league titles has Ronaldo won? I don't like, know. In his whole career. I, it wouldn't be any more than three or four. He might have won, you know, one or two when he was at Man U. But He's they, won three Champions Leagues. Yeah, but, if you, yeah, but if you look at, like, like, especially La Liga, I think, like, Ronaldo's only won See, it once in the last a, ten years. Mean, like, La Liga's not the strongest league either. Like No, but you're talking about probably the two best teams in all, like, I would say in all of European football. Yeah. Uh, up there, and Real and Barca. But Barcelona have won time and time and time again. And Real, they're just not in so the same league. So that's what I mean, like, both of them have never won a major international title. But like, domestically. Domestic, like... So if that's... And but again, imagine if, that's the if that was the... Yeah, if that was the NBA, imagine, like... Count gold medals instead of ships. Like, if this if this was in, say, the NBA, who would be saying that Messi and Ronaldo are the best players? Or, like, people in ter- talking the NBA conversation, they're valuing championships and rings too much. Yeah. Because guaranteed... If Michael Jordan was replaced with any other top two guard in that period for that 93 season where Barkley was on the Suns, they would have won that title. Yep. They pushed Jordan to the absolute limits. Yep. And you talk about Scottie Pippen taking over when Jordan retired, quote unquote, as the number one option, and he played incredibly well. But They won 55 wins that season. Yeah, but they didn't win in 72, did they? Mm. And that's... and. I think so much, particularly in the NBA, is predicated on your win-loss. And we're talking about the Warriors, who have won the most games ever in the regular season and still lost in the finals. Yeah. And, and so everyone's been like, oh, well, don't shit if you don't That's win the ring. Mean. I'm like, I don't care. You win 73 games out of an 82-win season. Nine, nine whole games they lost all year. And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter because they didn't finish. Bullshit, it doesn't matter. They are the greatest regular season team of all time. Hmm. And but Jordan... See, see, the, see, people back at LeBron, wouldn't that sort of elevate LeBron up too? Because he beat that team that was so dominant. Exactly. I don't get people with a bag of LeBron. To me, LeBron is the best all-around NBA player of all time. Yep. Jordan is the best pure scorer, the best clutch player of all time. But he... LeBron... 
if he really wants to, could average a triple double every season. Like he could pull off a Westbrook every year, and that's you can't even talk about individual stats because otherwise, Russell Westbrook is the best player in the NBA see, because he has is, the best numbers. This is where we need to get back into the current NBA season. The Thunder have not won a single game. Won one. They won. They won one They're game. One and four. And which hurts me because I used to be a Sonics fan, man. I Gary Payton was my hero. And then they moved the glove. The, yeah, and they I moved got the, you in the glove. They moved the team to OKC. They had Kevin Durant. They had Russell Westbrook. They had James Harden. See, this is one of the great sort of fuck ups in all of sport, not just the NBA, in oh, all yeah. of sport. They complained that they would have to pay extra money to keep. They went to the finals. Oh. And they barely lost those finals I mean, to like, the Miami Heat, I mean, who had the big three. That's when I mean, you look at the games, they may have lost in five, but they were all close games. Yeah. They, they could have won, ideally. They could have won that series. That's what I mean. A couple of calls here and there, a couple of shots missed that yep. gone in here or there. Like. And again, I think if you keep Harden on the bench rather than starting him in game four and game five... Mm. And that's the thing. Like Everyone's like, oh, you know... Sure, like, you know, James Harden's such an incredible individual player. It's like, yeah, I agree with you. But on that team, he was better leading, this, like, the second unit. Yes. Because yes. he could be a dominant scorer he from is a, the bench. He was a better man in Ginobili. Yeah. Like, but that that Thunder management, like, they trade, like... And you look they, at what it, the, some of the trades that, the, that Sam Presti has pulled off. They've been incredible trades. Like, what he has gotten for what he sent away, in theory, should have been much better. But you but look what at how he has well given the players a, have done when they've gone. That's what I mean. What he's given away beats with, like, okay. Like, you trained like, James Harden, right? MVP last season for Jeremy Lamb and a top 10 pick, who admittedly okay. becomes Stephen Adams. So, so that's not Jeremy a terrible Lamb, trade. Kevin Ma- Jeremy Lamb, who was there for three seasons, and he was, re- he was really good in college, never really did much. He's actually doing quite well now in Charlotte. Charlotte all, yep. In Charlotte, of all places, yep. but never really did well in OKC. Kevin Martin, who was there for one season, who, to be fair, if you look at the stats, did produce... Harden level numbers, yep. but not the level of game changes. Yep. And then they got Steven Adams. Like, and that's look, a poo-poo platter. I think the problem is as well is like, you know, so much in the NBA is like not really given. And you look at the draft busts that have come out of the top 10 picks. Like you look at Greg Oden, picked above Kevin Durant. But so you can't, at the time, yeah. that wasn't a dumb decision. Yeah, no, that was a no-brainer. He was He was literally, the next Shaq. He was Shaq 2.0. That's what I mean, like... Injuries took him down. I never call him a bust, no. in my opinion. Like, because he played as best as he could, and he played well in his rookie season. That's he played, like, well, he played well when he did play, but injuries, like, but he some people aren't never. That's like, okay, we're going back, say, 30, 34 years of this one, 1984 draft. People talk about Jordan going third over Sam Bowie and Hakeem Olajuwon. You look at Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem, oh. No one ever talks about how Jordan was number one, but they talk about how Bowie went over Jordan. Bowie was a damn good player, but he was always injured. Mm. To be fair, he probably should have been picked after Jordan, but like, it wasn't a dumb decision at the time. Like, no, I mean, you can make those arguments about every draft class. Like, you look at people that come out of it. Like, you look at Draymond Green was a second round pick. He was picked like second last in the draft or something. Yeah. And he's probably the best or second best defensive player in the league at the moment behind only maybe Kawhi Leonard who to me Kawhi Leonard is a freak defensive because unlike Draymond 
If Kawhi gets a stop on the defensive end, he Kawhi can could turn into a his transition game is incredible. Being saying that, Draymond is the most important player offensively for Golden State. He's the one that facilitates everything. If he wasn't there, Seth Curry would have to turn into a more passing point guard. You yeah. watch them play. The one that's standing at the top of the key outside the three-point line is not Curry. It's Draymond. Draymond's the one where they do the he looting He sets all passes. the screens and he cl- he chokes everything up so the players get off there. Like, so Curry gets all those open shots. Cause <coughs> so, I mean, that's why I don't see anyone beating the Warriors. Like, maybe the Celtics, but, like, there's been other top two. Like, they've both lost, but, like, the Bucks. The Bucks may have been the big surprise. Yeah. Janice is a freak. There has never been, in my opinion, an NBA player Ever like this man? No, never. Like when you look at him, and you think about like break it down into who he breaks down into, right? So he's basically six eleven, seven foot, <coughs> seven foot. He's officially right, seven so foot. Call him a seven footer, right? How old is he? 24? 23? 23, There you go. So he he's came. Point. He came over at a seventeen or something, and he's yeah. He that's what I mean. Like 18, he probably yeah. literally came over too early. Yeah. But it's turned into a good thing. Yeah, and when you look at so he's got. He's as fast, I think, as... Who would you say is the most athletic point guard in the NBA? Maybe... I'd say Westbrook. I'd say Westbrook too. Like, so I would say like, oh, he's okay. as athletic as Russell Westbrook, but he is basically a foot taller than him and has it almost... Like, he's got 12 his inches on his wings, man. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he, people saying that Giannis doesn't have a very good three-point shot. Who but like, cares? Who cares? If he can drive something like... But like, if we're he can dunk over you from we, 10 feet away from the rim, it doesn't we, matter. We're forgetting the thing. We're forgetting probably the main point of his game that really stands out. He sees plays happening before they occur. Like, he can pass. Like, like he's a freak. Mm. Like, the literal Greek freak. Mm. Yeah. Like, again, future MVP. 100%. He can win it this season. I reckon he will. And I think what's the worst thing we're talking about <coughs> the MVP debate is that I don't think like sure you know you can argue that Westbrook should have won it when he won it because it was the first one to do it oh, since like, Robinson. Oh. I don't know if I agree with it necessarily, but the Thunder were in terms of the regular season were a good team that year. Not a great team, they were a good team. So you're like, we'll, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll get into this. He gonna... did just enough, but I think. More often than not, the MVP is so poorly chosen because it's like when Derrick Rose won it, Yeah. that was only because everyone got sick of voting for LeBron. And Derrick Rose played a very good it's season. In general. But LeBron's season was better. Like, literally the last 10 seasons of the NBA, yeah. everyone, literally 100% of the people, consensus is who's the best player in the NBA? Who are they going to say? LeBron James. They should say LeBron James, even if they're not saying it, because he look at, is. Look at the Cavs this season. Literally, their only real, true player that's left was LeBron James. And yeah. what's happened? Their shit. Yeah, like they Ke- had the Kevin. Lo- Kevin Love was a good player. Kevin Love is no longer a good player. That's the problem. He can still. He still does things that people don't do with the crazy outlet passes and he rebounds very well and he's got the outside shot but Kevin Love does not average 23 and 12 like he used to when he came out as a rookie and people were saying he's better than Blake Griffin look at them now he came out the same class as Blake Griffin and people were saying Kevin Love and Blake Griffin are like 1A and 1B look at them now look what Blake Griffin's doing this season at Detroit they're letting him to me Blake Griffin (coughs) this may sound kind of stupid to me Blake Griffin is a point guard 
point forward, 100%. Like, he... He's Ben Simmons with an outside shot. Yes. I've always been a Blake Griffin fan. Like, yeah. Like, since he came in, like, I knew him... because you're a ginger. That's what I mean. I knew him <laughs> at Oak... Like, I followed him since his Oklahoma, like... Because like, that Oklahoma team was trash as well, and he yes, took them yes, very, very yes. far. Like he took them a long way. He's not the same player he was. Knee injuries have sapped him of most of that so oh, yeah, but, athleticism. But we're talking about a guy who's you know seven foot, six eleven, seven foot. Yeah. And you know could dunk over a car. Like naturally. People are forgetting. Three seasons ago, he was a top three MVP candidate. Hundred percent. And now he's got a coach at Detroit that is letting him unleash his abilities. And because he's always... He's already done this season. Yeah, look at the points. game. Look at the game the other day. Like, he may not be the same player he was, but he still will be a top player. Yeah, like, because now he's he's developed his game, though, because he can shoot from outside. He's got a good post game. He's I mean. no longer just, like, catching lobs from Chris Paul. And this might be a hot take. I think Chris Paul has since he came from New Orleans, been the product of the players around him. Because, and the only reason I say this, is that if you take his stats out in a vacuum and you look at them really, sure, he can average 10 seasons a game, but more often than not, it's... 10 seasons. Sorry, 10 assists a season. Yeah. But when you look at it, more often than not, he's putting up, you know, 19 and 8. Nobody talks about a point guard who can put up 19 points and 8 assists. Hmm. It's average. See, they always but, talk about his efficiency. Look at who he's... Yeah, sure, he's efficient. But at the same token to that, Kevin Durant is efficient. But he's a much... He's got gaudy numbers. Like, absolutely out-of-the-water numbers. And we're talking about someone who's always played on a team with at least one other All-Star. Once he left New Orleans, he had two All-Stars in on the Clippers. And he's got one surefire All-Star and one almost All-Star on the Rockets. Yeah, was like, hmm. And last year, that Rockets team... Is the best team in the West that wasn't the Warriors and God, by a look long at, margin. Look at what happened when they played. Like to be fair, he was injured. They capitulate. Like Chris. Like to be fair, Chris Paul to me, he's one of those players <coughs> where the stats don't represent no, don't. his true. No, I agree. To me, he is one of the last pure point guards. He's exactly. one of the. He is, like, he reminds me of, say, a Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Not the current one, the, the uh... The old one, yep. The old one. Magic Johnson. Maybe yeah. not, like, that's sort of John Stockton, the one where they're, like... They're basically the captain of the team. They're yeah. the ones that, like, they don't need to score. See, Lonzo Ball probably is from that pedigree. Yeah, floor general. Yes, floor general. Floor general. They're the ones that, if they have good players around them, they will make them better. Yeah, but I'm never going to look to Chris Paul when the rest of his team is getting shut down to give me 45 points. That's, Which yes, I think in the I modern agree. in the modern NBA is a failing of him as well. And it's not that he's not a bad, good player. It's just that in today's game, he's out of place. The same way that Lonzo is out of place because he doesn't have a good he shot. He is probably 15 to 20 years past his time. Yeah. Which see, is saying something, the fact that he's still so relevant. Yeah. See, like, Steve Nash was like that. <coughs> Steve Nash was probably, literally, probably the best passer of but, all time. Yeah. And he never came, he never came close to, sni- like, sniffing a finals, winning a ring. Yeah, like, well, I mean, he, in, like, he we, came close to, well, he was in the finals when they played the Lakers. What, yeah? Yeah, um... 
Oh, that was the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, see, yeah, like, the conference we finals. talk about rings, like, we've talked about rings before they're overrated, but, yeah. like... But, no, look, I think Steve Nash is... I think Steve Nash is underrated because, again, we talk about efficiency, but he was... More, I think he's Chris Paul, but more efficient because yes. he was a two-time MVP, admittedly probably a first, questionable no. MVP See, in his second year. he should have been year. a first MVP. I want, I want to talk about this. Mm. 2005 should have been Shaq with that Miami team. Yeah. 2006, there wasn't really... Like, you could say Kobe averaged 37 a game, but, yeah, but it, that was a shit team. Yeah, like They didn't win. Yeah, they didn't win. They didn't so win. there was a real clear winner. Nash was the best player for the best team. Pick him. Then that 07 team, that team sort of dropped off in terms of the players lost, but they still stayed the same. Yeah. He should have won that year over Dirk. Yeah, and he did. He's, and he put up a 50-40-90 season. Two yes. years in a row he, while winning the MVP. He should have, in 07, he may not should have, he should have won in 05, but he still should be a two-time MVP. Yeah, just a year later. Yes. Yeah. Like... And I think, look, let's be honest, like, when you look at when, like, Dirk is an incredible player who I think has changed the game and particularly the power forward position forever. Yes. I don't know if he should have won an MVP ever. I think the year he should have won was 2011. He led that Mavericks team to 50, 53, 54 wins when realistically they didn't have top talent. You look at the players that they had, they had Jason Terry who was... Back end of his prime, even though a he was role player at best. See, so, yeah. Jason Kidd, back end of his prime for sure. Definitely the back end of it. And God, who was the best player? Like Wilson Chandler, Ty- Tyson Chandler. Oh, sorry, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler was the only player on that team where you could point and say that they were in their prime, and he was nothing offensively. No, he was he was there to play a very simple role, which was keep people out of the paint, and he and did that. And his role job, offensively though. was. If you double down on Dirk, I will pass it in yeah. and dunk. Get open and dunk, like, yeah. See, this is the joy about the NBA. Role players are so incredibly specific, but they when that goes well, like when you like think about it, like Clay Thompson is like if he was on any other team, he's a superstar. But yeah. on the Warriors, he's a role see, player. People like people <coughs> say that the like I hate it when the people bag the Warriors and then they like they bought their team they did not buy their team they drafted their team they drafted their team and got a few cheeky free agent signings <laughs> here and there like Durant and Boogie are literally the only big free agent signings yeah, and, and Durant, in terms of Boogie yeah he may not even play this the season jury's still out he's literally only going to be there this season everyone knows he's going to leave See, they're saying Durant may even leave yeah, but, at the end of this year. Yeah, but, but like, you think about what KD did, right? So he went and played for a team that moved cities yeah. and then struggled mightily with the amount of talent they had to even get close to a 60-win season. They had, the, like, they've had three, three like, former MVPs, two, fi- like, That's yeah, what I mean. a double finals did- MVP, and they didn't win a ring. The Thunder team is one of the biggest tragedies in all of sport. And, okay, we got to talk about this. We've been putting off long enough. This comes down to one man. Yeah. He may be a joy to watch sometimes. He is a cancer to NBA teams. And that's Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Miscast. Take Russell Westbrook, take the ball out of his hands and... Nothing. Like, he... See, that's the thing. If he had a slightly better three-point shot, he would be a very good two guard. 
look at a very look good at team the though. look at the Thunder team this season. Yeah. It's the same team as last season with They've more done, talent. Yes. The only so they Dennis Schroeder. They got yeah, Dennis Schroeder they got for Dennis a Schroeder. steal. They got Nolan's Noel for nothing. They gave Paul away. Paul George is still there. The only person that left was Alex Abrinas. He's nothing. Alex Abrinas like, was good for. Nine points a game on three three pointers and nothing else. Maybe that's literally two because they had no one else on the bench. He was getting a ton. Exactly. He's a decent player, but like he helped. Like, but he's he's a one trick pony. That's what I'm saying. He, he does one thing, which is shoot the outside shot. That's it. So he's Doug McDermott, but slightly more efficient. Whereas the rest of the team should be better than this. They should be contending top it three. It comes top down four to seeds. him. He wants to dominate the ball. I've seen Thunder games this season. In that last quarter, yeah. if it's a close game, he wants to dominate that ball. Like, and I think no, but I think that's more. It's not even necessarily a problem with Westbrook, right? I think it's an issue is that the management aren't giving him a strong enough willed coach to make him get off the ball. See, they got Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan is quote unquote. I don't know if I agree with this. One of the great college coaches of all time. Yeah, but it's but not college the coaches, college game. Exactly. You can't... Like, the college game is as far departed from NBA basketball as I think cricket God. and baseball are. All right. Let's look at the great college players of, say, the past 10 years and see how they've translated. All right. Okay. Who would you say is the most iconic college basketball player of all time of, say, the past 10 years? I would say, personally... Jim Fredette. Yep, Jim Fredette or that kid from Gonzaga. I can't remember his name, but he had the long hair. He was like, he looked like white um, trash. Um, and he was, it was like the number oh two God, pick. Oh God, I know this. Adam, um, Adam something. You know who I'm talking about though, right? Starts with H. Yeah. Harrelson? Oh, I don't know, I have to, oh, I like, have to look this up. Otherwise I'm going to be really Aaron, Aaron, like he got, he won a ring with the Lakers because he sat on the bench as like their 12th man. Adam... They compared him to the next Larry Bird. Yeah. Adam... He, he averaged something like 28 points a game in college. Adam Harrison? Adam Harrelson or... Adam... Maybe it's Harrison. Hang on. Adam... Adam Gonzaga. Uh, uh, that's what I would search. It's not Harrison, yeah. Alright, hang on. We'll get there. Adam Morrison. That's it! Aaron Morrison. Morrison. Adam Morrison was the... Probably one of the... The all-time college talents in the last ten years. Yes, and was meant to be yeah, like you say, the next bird, the next best thing. And he came, and he completely got drafted by Charlotte in two thousand eight. Completely shit the bed. Absolutely nothing as an NBA player. Only won a ring because he was like the twelfth player in the rotation on that Lakers like two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand eleven or whatever. Or, yeah, yeah, like two thousand yeah to twenty ten team I think. Like meant to be this incredible player. Nothing, and that I think. And uh, it's see, like, but in saying that, Westbrook has the shittest mindset of any top star in the history of sports. Yeah, it's about him. He literally goes in and is like, "I got to get mine tonight." Yeah, but I think and as that's well, not what works. Like, he wants to win, but he feels the best way to win is to do it himself. And it's like, dude, there are four other players on the court. With you got you, you got one of the you one of the top twenty NBA players in the league currently. Yeah, you got. You got Paul George. You got Stephen Adams. Yeah, Stephen Adams. Dennis Schroeder is not a scrub. No, like, and you look at the rest of the talent they've got. Like Jeremy Grant, still very raw, decent player. You've got um, Patrick Patterson, very, God, very good bench player. Look at player. the players that were on that OKC team that have left that have made something for themselves or retired because they couldn't fucking win. Yes, you had Nick Collison, 
probably the most unselfish bench player, like, ever. Yes. All he did was come in and Mate. play hard defense and hustle and get rebounds and put up six points a game. But he did it for 12 years. And he never even... Look at Victor Oladipo. They got him for a steal the while they traded a Barker. Yeah. Like, no he was already Ser- past it, though. No, no offense to Serge Ibaka, but he was a role player at best. And he's also a throwback. You look at Serge Ibaka plays hard defense and it has a post game. And That's si- it. He shoots about he's decent sixteen foot shot. Yeah, but he doesn't have a very, he doesn't have a good three point shot, which as a four in today's league you need to have. Draymond Green has a very good four shot. Kevin Love has a good four. Blake Griffin has a good four shot. All of the good power forwards in today's NBA, with the exception of Ben Simmons, but I think he's a point guard masquerading as a power yeah, forward. Yeah, Ben Simmons is a point guard. We'll get into him later. I yeah. really want to talk the seventy sixes, but. But like, yeah, they've all got good three-point shots. Serge Barker shoots a decent percentage, but he doesn't put up enough looks. The best new power forward to the game is Laurie Markkinen for the Bulls. Who yes. averages, what, seven, he averaged 17 points a game and, you know, six rebounds or something in his rookie see, year. But he shoots 40% from beyond the arc. He is an incredible power forward see, we'll because talk- of that. We'll talk about, like, okay, we'll, we'll be done with the Thunder. So we could literally talk about how the Thunder fucked up all day. Yeah. We'll switch it's, to the a, Timberwolves. And it's a shame because... Look at the Timberwolves. Russell Westbrook's an exciting player, man. Like, when he goes off... That's what I mean, yes. Those are big deals. Yes. But it's sad because you know they're not going to win. Yes. But, oh. like, Laurie, you mentioned Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen. Dirk 2.0. Yes. Well, maybe after Porzingis, but still. But, like... There you go. He got one. drafted by the Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves, Oof. who got Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, like, he's gone. Like, there's no way he's staying there. Like, he's literally holding out there, literally. But what they gave up for him, at the time, didn't look like much, but now it's looking like they gave up the farm. Yeah. Markinen and Levine, who are both... Levine, even though the Bulls lost pretty spectacularly to the Warriors. Yes. Look at what Levine's putting up efficiency-wise. 21 points, 6 of 9 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, and his his free-throw shooting is getting better. But also, he's getting more assists. Yes. Zach Levine is becoming one of the better shooting guards in the league. That's what I mean, like... At the time, it didn't look like much because Levine was like high volume, low. Oh, but he percentage. was he was also injured. And Markkinen was just a a, draft U- a Euro stash talent that nobody knew if it was going to pan out. Like, but the Timberwolves idiots. You've obviously like obviously you've seen the press reports that saying that the four. Rockets are willing to four. give four first round picks over seven years. That would cripple the Warriors, the, the Rockets. Rockets, it would. Like, it would cripple the Rockets because. One of those, like, because Chris Paul is 33 years old. James Harden is. 29. Yep. And Jimmy Butler's 29. And how, like, so so their youngest core player is Capella, who is, what, 24? Who all Capella can do is dunk and block. He's Hassan Whiteside 2.0. He's not good at, I don't think he's a good player. Is this an Irish puppet? No, no, no. Where's the Irish puppet? Good foot on. German tourists, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't know if there is an Irish pub in Carlton. No idea. I know but, that... Fuck, I know there's one in Fitzroy. My main point is, Clint Capella is... He's not 
$100 million man like he thought he was. He's not an $80 million man like they paid him. He is 45 over four years. He God, is okay, average take, at take. best. He's a poor man's DeAndre Jordan. 100%. He's a poor man's DeAndre Jordan. 100%. He's looking better. You literally look, when was his breakout season? It was when Chris Paul arrived. What a surprise. The same man who made DeAndre Jordan an all-star. DeAndre Jordan is looking somewhat decent this season, though, at the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, and I think because with the Mavs, they're letting him play how he should play, which is when Paul left the Clippers. He did. You've got DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin in the front court. Now, I thought that when Blake went to Detroit, it was going to play out the same way that Andre Drummond because, you know, Blake's got a better three-point shot, but he's not not a stretch four. So I'm like, it's going to be crowded. But... What I mistook was the fact that Stan Van Gundy is a much better coach at this stage in his career than um, Rivers is. Doc Rivers is an incredible coach all time. Stan Van Gundy, he's not coaching Dallas, he's... No, the Pistons. Oh, oh, Pistons, yeah. Yeah, when Blake went there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not there this year, though, because Stan Van Gundy crippled their franchise. Did they get rid of him last year? I thought they kept him for this year. So, look, that's my bad. I have no idea who's actually coaching right now, so that's my bad. Yeah, the two... But, I don't know who... They, I know they got rid of Sam Van Gundy. He's well, back at ESPN. Well, whoever's coaching the Pistons is a better coach at this stage of his career than Doc Rivers was for the Clippers. See, Doc Rivers, in my opinion, is not a good coach. You think he was made by his players in Boston? Yes. Look at who he had in that away team. Right? He had a prime Kevin Garnett. A prime Paul Pierce. A slightly past his prime, but still very deadly Ray Allen. Yep. He had a up-and-coming Ray Allen. He had Tony... See, the most underrated player in that squad was Tony Allen. Tony oh, Allen yeah. is one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Yep. I don't care what you said. Yeah. He may, in, he he may have been... He locks guards down. He may have been shit offensively. Who cares? But, like... That's what he's there for. And more than that, you look at the role players they had. So, they had they had Big Baby. They had Glenn Davis. Yeah. When he, when he, when he could jump. James Posey. Like, they had... PJ a, Brown. That like, was, they had decent role... They had they great had role deep players. Team and, but their role players were great. They may have been... They may have been good players, but in terms of role players, they were great. Like, Doc Rivers is overrated as all how. What, like... Got to trade for my son, guys. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> this Clippers team, in in fairness, have done well, but that's not Doc Rivers' thing. The people, people forget that Jerry West set up the... Jerry West moved from the Lakers to the Golden State Warriors in 2010. He built this current Warriors team there. In 2016, he moved from the Golden State Warriors to the Los Angeles Clippers. And what have they done since then? They've invested in young talent. Yep. They've let They've in- Tobias Harris actually play. That's what I mean. And this Clippers team look like they are decent. They're better Montrose than... Harrell. He was a steal in that draft for Chris Paul. Like, he's been putting up 15 and 10 every night this season. Like... Yeah, much better than they have any right to be. Yes. And, like, management, like, I feel like we're getting off track here, but, like, God, like... But I know. Because I think it, it really highlights the important role that the GM, and particularly ownership, and this is the problem, I think, with all sports franchises all over the world. Owners are too involved in the recruitment of talent to their teams. See, because... Most owners don't know dick about sports franchises. See, they see the dollar signs and they get fucking mm. stuck in and that's the problem. Whereas like 
and it's, it goes back to football. Mark Davis and the Raiders. If you take him out of the equation and let a good GM run that team, they win. Same thing happens See, all over the NBA. Whereas the Warriors, like, yep, I basically hand all of the power over to Jerry West and Steve Kerr. I'm going to let them build the team they want, and they're going to win. And what happens? How many rings have they won? How many rings? So two out of three? Three out of four? What is it? God, I don't know. They won 2015, More. 2017. They're going to win this they won year. The, they won this year. They, so they got three out of three out of four. Yeah. Yep. And they'll probably win four out of five. Yes. And potentially five out of six. See, this comes down to the Australian sport mindset. We're very isolated because most Australian sport teams are owned by the members. Mm. So we don't have the things with America where the owners are like, I want to make money. Yeah, they're all We don't, we don't have that. Yeah. Like, We want to win. That's what I mean. Like, there's nothing like that in the AFL. Like... Say Eddie Maguire is say probably the biggest personality in terms of the personnel of a say a team yeah. in this country, but he doesn't have the final say no. in terms of the players that have picked like No, and he shouldn't either, and that's yes. that's exactly my point. Like, We're very lucky in terms of Australian sports fans yeah. that our leagues are so even. Yeah, like you look at the AFL, like sure you've had like great teams over the last few years that have won most of the premierships. Yeah. But that being said, you've seen teams come and go. See, you've seen dominant teams become weak. Like it's how. Dare I say it? Like Bulldog swear jar. I'm out a couple of bows in this. Like, <laughs> 2016 was the season where everyone was very even mm. in terms of say the top maybe 12 teams. Yeah. The Bulldogs were the ones that were able to pull it together and think like that would literally not happen in any like. Could you imagine the NBA, the NBA, no. NBA, NBL, NFL? Premier League like you can talk about Leicester but Leicester were the dominant team that whole season yeah. like like sure it was a coming out year for them but at the same time like they it wasn't like it was a fluke like as in they won 20 games all season yeah. and finally like you know came out and won the Champions League See, off the back of that fluke. I wouldn't call the Bulldogs premiership a fluke no I'm not calling it a fluke that's what I'm, I'm saying the exact opposite I say, dare I say I might have to I would say I would glass you, but these bowls are pure. <laughs> these glasses are pure plastic. Pure plastic. Someone's been a naughty boy here before, that's for sure. Like, if you've been to the Shaw Davies Slum, you can tell, like, I'm looking directly at a uh, glass panel that is smashed. Yep. The, uh, we've had a few, uh, entertaining. Entertaining visitors, yes. Yes, entertaining visitors. We're like, like the, the NBA, in terms of the NBA, though, we'll go back to the NBA. Yep. Uh, it's never been, even though there is a very dominant team, everyone knows that they're going to win. Yeah. It's never been more entertaining, in my opinion. There's never been as much talent, yep. as much sort of storylines in terms of teams and how they're going to operate yep. and in the also, history of the league. There's never been enough, like as many teams like willing to like cut into that luxury tax to spend the money to try That's and win. That's what I mean, like OKC, we'll go back to OKC, they're hypocrites. Yeah, they're the they didn't want example. to go back... To keep but James Harden. In 2012, they didn't want to go on the luxury tax to keep James Harden. Because they, they did paid, it last year. They paid it for Sergio Barkov. They're like, okay, we'll keep Sergio Barkov. We'll get rid of James Harden. But they last should. year, they actually got the biggest luxury tax in the league now. In league history. Not even in the league. In league history. And who have they got on their team? they got Russell Westbrook, Paul George. Stephen uh, Adams. Stephen Adams. Andre, Dennis Schroeder. Andre Robeson. Uh, Patrick Patterson, Jeremy Grant. Is like, that a team that on paper will 
will win the title. Dude, that's not no. a team that's on paper going to win the West. To me, that's not a team that realistically may not make the they might playoffs. Make the play and let's talk about playoff seeding for a minute because we're on the subject. Playoff seeding needs to come out of the conferences. It does. It does. It because does. the East for years, and this is what I'm saying, like, you know, you want to talk about how LeBron is three and six in the finals. That's not LeBron's fault. That's because the East has been consistently weak for the last 15 years. LeBron has taken strong teams out of a bad conference all the way to the finals. That's what I mean. People are so harsh on LeBron. I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan in the world, but look at the teams he bought out of the East. Yeah. Look at last season. Who were, his, who were his best players on that Cavs team? Right, so Kevin Love was injured. Let's scrap it. So we're talking about, like, Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson. J.R. Smith? Yeah, like eighth rotation players at best And God, that was teams. a five-game series. They literally should have won game one if J.R. Smith did anything <laughs> else apart from the brain shit fart. the bed, yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, people say, oh, oh Kobe never went... Three and six in the finals, or Jordan. That's because Kobe never made the finals. If you look at playoff, like how many times did these lo lesser, like basically Kobe lesser made, teams Kobe in the West? Kobe was five and six. Yeah, five of six in the finals. Jordan was six of six. But like LeBron has made the finals for for almost ten ten seasons. Yeah, that should be tremendous. And literally, okay, we'll go, okay, we're going to let we'll we'll go back. Okay, we'll look at every team. Yep. And see who was the, okay, 07. Yep. Spurs or Cavs, who was the dominant team that year? Spurs. Spurs. Okay, we'll go to, okay, this is the one finals where he probably had the dominant team, 2011. Yep. It should have been the Heat. They got beaten by a very determined Upstart Mavericks team. Mavs team, yep. Okay, that's one, okay, that's one against LeBron, okay? Then we'll go to 2012. They won that year. They were the better team against the Thunder. 2013. I think the Spurs had a better team that year. Yeah, 100%. They had Danny Green. They had a but lot of won? shooting. The, the Heat won that year, and that was probably due to LeBron. Yeah, 100%. He willed them over that line in that Game 7. Everyone talks about that Game 6. Game 7, LeBron willed them over that. Yeah, 20 sure. Like, Game 6 kept him in it. Game 7, I think, was definitely a far bigger factor. 100%. Yeah. Yes, and then 2014... Spurs had the bare team. Yep. They were determined for losing what they shouldn't have lost the last season. Yep. 2015. We saw, for the first time ever, an angry Tim Duncan. Yes. 2015. Warriors had the much better team than the Cavs. Absolutely. 2016. Warriors again. The Warriors had the better team, but LeBron won. Yeah. And I, I don't last give anyone year, to the LeBron won that final series. Yeah, that's On what I mean. On his own. That's what I mean. Like, this has been a long-winded conversation to get to the same point. For the large part of LeBron's career, he has not had the best team in the league. No. And Nowhere near. But he's led them. He has overperformed with the teams he's had. Because, yeah. technically, when you get down to the fundamentals, basketball is a team sport. You could almost say the point that LeBron is the greatest player of all time based on what he's produced from the teams he has had. And he is still producing. If the Lakers get any less than 48 wins this season and do not make at least the conference semifinals, I will be shocked. And like, think about that distinction in any other league, right? So in the NFL, you talk about like great players who have led bad teams. There's been lots of them. Aaron Rodgers does it every year. 
Tom Brady did it in 2013. He was one game from the Super Bowl. Like, so many players have done it, and we're all talking about, oh, like, they're the greatest ever. Like, you know, Tom Brady might have five rings, but he's also lost three Super Bowls. Yes. Nobody brings that up. Nobody gives a shit because he's but, won but in five. Terms of, in terms of the They Brown, made 11 always... straight conference finals. Like, and that's... And so... But nobody brings that against Tom Brady because, oh, it's a team sport. Basketball is a team sport. That's what I mean. Like... LeBron is, I think, the most talented player of all time and probably the best player of all time. Uh, I actually, like, in terms... I agree. Like, he is more talented. As a, he's like, more purely talented than Jordan. 100%. Because he's... Well, he's more athletic. He's a physical freak of nature. The dude's 6'8", 250 pounds, and moves like he's, you know, 6'0", nothing, 160. what separates LeBron from Jordan is Jordan has the stories of those great games. Like, there's no flu, the flu game. There's yeah. no flu game. There's no 55 points against a dominant Suns team yeah. that was probably one of the greatest teams of all time. Never to cross that final hurdle. That's what I mean. Like, they were better than probably... I would say 70, 80% of teams that won. Yeah. Oh, the FFA final is on. (laughs) Sidetrack. (laughs) Yeah, but like, instead, like, people are so harsh on LeBron. Like, this goes back to the point NBA fans over evaluate the value of rings Mm. in terms of a legacy of a career. Yeah, but only in the last 30 years. Yes. Yeah. Only in the last 30 years. 100%. Since the eighties, that's what I mean. Like we could go literally talking yeah, and I mean, I on the NBA the thing all day. as well. Like if you think about, like if Jordan hadn't have retired for those years in the middle, they probably would have won nine straight. That's what I mean. Like came a larger one. Like that's the thing. Everyone says that oh, Jordan was drafted third in that draft. But in saying that, in in terms of that conversation, who says oh Jordan should have been drafted number one over came a larger one? Literally no one. Like the NBA, like. I love the NBA, but like some of the fans, they're stupid. Like, yeah. this is the point where I want to leave this podcast. Like, the NBA is great. Like this season, like the NBA has never been more talented. No. Dare I say it more close? The part more. apart from the Warriors, I think more competitive. Yeah, more like you've competitive. Got, you've got one team like, at the top, but the rest, I think, are more close than they've ever. You go look at the TV ratings in America. Hmm. Every other. TV property, no matter whether it's sport, shows, movies, they're all rating down. The NBA's ratings are increasing. Yeah. But, like, people are saying that the NBA, the talent was better than the A's. No, it's not. Like, this is what I leave. People need to take the fact that the NBA has never been better. We are going to witness, we are witnessing already. Look at how much good stuff has happened in the season. In two weeks. That's what I mean. Steph Curry almost broke the three-point record. Clay Thompson has broken the three-point record. Like, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, like, the Sixers. Like, we haven't even talked about them yet. Like, incredible. Like, like I need to stop this podcast, so I will talk this non-stop. Like, <laughs> watch the NBA. Like, this is brilliant. Yeah, the, the NBA. Age. The NBA is literally the greatest, in terms of pure spectacle, the greatest sport league in the world at this moment. No arguments here. And I think we'll leave it at that point. Dylan? Yes. Always a pleasure. Good to be here. We'll see you back here. Of course. On the Three Points in Podcast because we got bloody another five months of M- NFL and M- NBA. It's going to be a good year. Exactly. And, uh, good year. Cobbers?
Uh, this has been a very passionate podcast, so I'll share it with your friends. Uh, <laughs> like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on uh, Spotify, and we'll see you next time for uh, some more banters, some more beers. And uh, enjoy, wherever you listen to this, enjoy the rest of your day, night. You know, hopefully you got a bev in your hand. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. So uh, see you later, Cobbers. Have a good one. Yeah, definitely.